Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I podcast, yeah. Well, I podcast you too, if that's what you said. I don't know if it ends in a, yeah, it's a true I podcast you. Great. You're not like anybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's a Keanu line? Uh, I recommend it. (laughs) If you can walk up the stairs, you can make love. This is your best work yet. Don't you love being with a man who isn't intimidated by your brilliance? This is good. Right? My do the, do not the setup, the good. line where he's like, it appears I've been set up. I mean, it stood up or something. It appears I've been set up. Because <laughs> I think people something make him too, too spacey. No, he's not spacey. I feel spacey. like Keanu impressions usually make him sound dumb. And he's it's extremely, not he's, extremely relaxed. He's, he's, yes. And he's very, there's a, there's a solidness to him. Yeah. He's yeah. very centered. It seems like Jack Nicholson could like pull a gun on him and he just sort of be like, well, I don't right. know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because like, people like overdo the whoa when they do canos, but it's like, sure. whoa. Yeah. And right. they go like, whoa. Like, right. you know. Yeah, it's not him. They, but especially in this, yeah. he's tempering it yes. with, you know, a medical degree. Hello, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm 36. He's 36. I'm realizing I'm good at this because the other impression I'm weirdly good at that no one does is my Joseph Gordon Levitt. And I think they're kind of similar. Do you go do him now? Yeah. He's in this movie. This is a totem. <laughs> my totem is a loaded die. Only I know the precise weight and shape of my die. Is it just like that's, a five? That's really good. Right? That's is, that, really is that what good. it is, though? Like when he rolls that die, it's like five. Great. Yeah, not dreaming. Five. <laughs> that's how I know I'm not in a dream. And Hit then record, you know, Joe. She has the pawn. She makes a pawn, and she like knocks right, it over. Yes. I'm like that. That's your totem. Yeah, you just well, knock the pawn over. A little basic. It's, right. I don't know. I feel I, like I can fake that. I would make like a transformer. <laughs> Where it's like a real complicated process. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, does it fall over? And it's like, right. yeah, but the gravity. There are other factors here. Transform, it's like, only I know the precise way that Bumblebee turns into Sound a Camaro. <laughs> yeah. Soundwave and his tiny cassette friend, Frenzy. <laughs> Great. That's the nerdiest thing I've done in this episode. So far? Yep. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. It's a blank check with Griffin and David. It's a podcast about filmographies. Mm-hmm. Directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes something's gotta give, <laughs> baby. Yeah. This is the blank check I am. This is the first. the first. This is, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 100%. And you watch it now and you're like, oh, it is crazy they let her make this. For $80 million. She got two really big stars, which is why. Well, and also she just made a huge hit. Like, yeah. yeah. The yeah. biggest hit. Yeah. But I just read this on the IMDb Trivia. Fox turned this down because they said the leads were too old. So even you have Jack Nicholson, who up until this point is still consistent fucking money in the bank. You have someone who just directed the highest grossing romantic comedy of all time to that point. And they still were like, I don't know, but they're 60. Well, I'm going to dispute you on Jack being money in the bank um, because his only hit of the last 10 years is as good as it gets. Uh, anger management yes but that came out the same year as this would not have been that that came out this year like when they're going into production that and also i mean sandler's helping there i would file about schmidt as a hit yeah about schmidt was an oscar movie that did really well it did 80 million dollars 65 alexander okay that's that's a good fucking number for that movie yeah but also he had made the pledge blood and wine the evening star 
the crossing guard. Okay, like that's you know, a bad run. That's Mars that's attacks before that. Yeah, Mars attacks is in there. Which even Mars attacks didn't do that well. He also yeah. took some time off. He didn't make movies for a couple of years. Uh, between ninety seven and oh, but after as good as it gets, he yeah. takes time off. Yeah, right, right. He um, said he, he was a little in the right in the twilight. I think after Crossing Guard, the pledge, he felt a little burnt out because he was proud of those two movies and good people movies. didn't see them. Proud of those performances. He took time off, and then he said after September eleventh, he only wanted to make fun movies. But did, how did how did he say that? I only want to make <laughs> fun movies. Sure. My, my Nicholson, I sometimes have it. It flies away from me. But, but so he was like, I only want to make comedies. I want to make people laugh, Billy. Yeah. He was saying this to Billy Crystal during an Oscar telecast. And Billy was like, please, someone's trying to present best sound mixing. <laughs> um, but so that, that was his big thing. He came back with anger management and something's got to give. He was like, I'm going to do an yeah. Adam Sandler movie. I'm going to do a rom-com. I want to be light. And they were hits. And they were big Two hits. hits. Yeah. So uh, even yeah. if he was off a bad box office run, he's still a legend. Certainly a legend. Do you think he saw Meet the Parents and was like, I can do that too? Do you ah, think there yes. was a parallel? 100%. Yeah, because that's right. Like, that's right. what these movies, they're, in, they're, they're aimed at the same viewer. And Nicholson had always been funnier than De Niro. Like, even in his dramas, he was always funny. That's true. So it's like, well, it's not like I'd be reinventing myself to be in a comedy. I'm just putting myself in a different broadness of comedy well, filmmaking. Also, no one else is going to be the star of this movie, right? Like, this movie right. is kind of Nancy Myers writing a script that's like, what's the deal with Jack Nicholson? Like, <laughs> yes. no, right? She wrote like, it for the two of them. I it mean, begins yes. with them sitting him down at dinner and being like, what? What is it with you? What? Why? Why do you do that? She wrote it for the two of them. Right. I don't think she would have made it without the two of them. It's very much a deconstruction of his star persona. Jack and Diane. Right. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, they they made it like, can you believe they'd never been together before? I mean, they were like in Reds together. But They're like, in Reds together. together. Yeah. But not like, you know, the idea of making a movie that's top line by the two of them. It's For imagining. Sure. I mean, it's also it's also Nancy Meyer saying, what would it be like if I dated Jack Nicholson? That's the other thing, is if that I Diane Keaton Jack is like her perfect representation on mm-hmm. screen. And the uh, when you look at pictures of Nancy Meyer, she looks like Diane Keaton in this movie. Mm-hmm. Down to the turtlenecks. Oh, yeah. Which she has not gotten rid of. She hasn't cut those up yet. Um, she had written the father of the bride movie. She had written baby boom. It's clear that she liked Diane Keaton and they had a, you know, somewhat symbiotic relationship in terms of sensibilities. And this just feels like, cool. I'm going to have you play me. Just literally play everything in my brain. Is that okay? And I'm going to dress you like me. They already look fairly similar. Forgot to, forgot about that. I just wanted to offer a bit of a warning before I introduce Oh, oh sure, 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 sure. Okay? Go ahead. Because, of course, this is a miniseries on the films of Nancy Myers. Uh-huh. We've gotten to the first blank check film. We've gotten to the yeah. namesake of the miniseries, Something's yeah. Podcast. Something's Podcast, right? It's Podcast. Gotta get that out there. We're bringing back a guest who's a favorite and someone we haven't had on way too fucking long. Look at that turtleneck. Yeah, she looks exactly she like her, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is like, She's in black, so she's like dark Nancy. Right. right. She's the black stone. <laughs> Do you yeah. think she like comes out of the like onto the set in the morning and everyone's like, oh, all black, dark Nancy today? <laughs> well, no, I think I imagine that's her. What I'm sorry, Ben, she can you can say that again like on mic? Goth Nancy. Thank you, producer Ben. Okay, the Ben producer. Okay, she can be dressed like Michael Myers, and no one would call her dark Nancy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the first detective. Okay, the meat lover. Okay, the fuck master. Wish my hello fennel in the streets. Love, love the German title. <laughs> Not Professor Crispy. No. This, has graduated uh, to certain titles over the course of different movies, such, such as Kylo Ben, Producer Ben, Kenobi Ben, I Chom Long Ben. You can ben, talk say, over him, too. Say Benny Ben, yeah, Scott, Dot, Dot, Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign, War Haas, Purdue Bane. Just looking at some great pictures yeah, of who IMDb. Was, who English, was she? Ben 19, The Fennel Maker. Okay. She was good. That was a good little scene. She's in uh, Private Practice. Okay. M- Mr. Ben Credible. Oh, yeah. And you drink Ben Hosley. Hell, yeah. Yeah, damn right. Um, 
our guest. Our guest today <laughs> is one of our favorite people. Yep. We both say that that he's one of the finest people we've ever known, and we both know a lot of professional comedians, mm-hmm. which is 100% meant as a backhanded compliment to oh, every God. comedian I've right. ever known. It's both a compliment to Bobby and a backhanded well, compliment. just slow to... down your roll, because I want oh, sorry. listeners sorry. to be prepared before we introduce him, because, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to get a white one. fingered. I knew it. There it fingered. is. There it Great. is. Thank you. From Who Weekly, Bobby Fingers back on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me again. Oh, what a pleasure. The moment I heard you were doing this or that it was uh, in contention, I was just... Well, I mean, when when Nancy came, when she up triumphed, in bed and I was just yeah. thinking, oh, I hope. I well, hope we, I get the call. I believe we just... It was like Bobby picks first, right? right. That was there our was sort a, of. There was like actually no hesitation. I, I we think, wanted the twins for the parent trap. Mm-hmm. That right. Was, that was a big idea. They're twins, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, apart from that, I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and and Richard made clear what he wanted to do. Yes, yes. he wanted to go home again. Um, <laughs> oh, home again is part of this. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, but, oh my god. But we, uh, I feel like we actually waited a while to officially ask you because from the moment we thought she might win, we were just like, well, obviously Bobby's going to do one. Like it just seemed like such a foregone conclusion that we forgot to loop you into it. Right. But what if Bobby had been like, fuck no. Yeah. I hate Nancy Myers. <laughs> it was She's a hack. It was really thrilling to get the actual question. Right. And this is what I wanted. I wanted, I mean, I love the parent trap. It was like, pick what you want. Parent trap is taken, which I understand. Right. Sure, sure, sure. And that was Monty's backup with something that's got to give. So I was like, if for some reason Bobby picks that, then we would have the twins uh-huh. do. Parent, right. Parent trap is 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 the closest to my heart, but oh, something's wow. got to give is, I mean, it's her best movie. I also just know like. It's her best movie. I, I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again when we get to the episode. But I interned, I auditioned for the intern like 17 times. Mm-hmm. And the second I got the script, I immediately just emailed it to you. Yeah. I might not have even asked, do you want no, it? No, it. it just came in the mail. Yeah. Um, I was so <laughs> I excited. Just and it I, directly. It, it was so excited and and sort of how casually you sent it to me. Like, oh, I auditioned for this. I think you'd like it. Um, I felt like, I mean, it felt like I had gotten the Pentagon Papers. I I, I didn't tell anyone. I was just so excited. Maybe I told someone, but weeks later, it was right. like, yeah. I, well, you needed that to it, yourself for it a while. Came up in, it came up in conversation like Nancy's new movie or whatever. This movie is still being made. And I was like, well, I've read it. And I was just so proud um, and and even to this day, like it's it was I, I remember that moment very fondly. It was like it was so special. That movie was yeah. very special. It's one yeah. of the only times I've slipped a script to someone in that way, and it was a like script? I it, script it's slip? one of my few script slips. Uh, and I Can let my I slip script get fingered. fingered. One one slip one script slip uh-huh. that you also sent me, which wasn't even a full script. I think it was just a camera photo of a title page for National Treasure Three. Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, did, right, never, I sent you that as well. That never yeah. went, right? Uh, Derek Simon, uh, sure. my oldest friend, future uh, guest. Uh, he and I are obsessed with the National Treasure movies. Mm-hmm. Interesting you bring that up because I'm going to actually draw a big National Treasure parallel in this episode to something that's <laughs> got to give. Uh, I have one in the hopper. But we were obsessed with National Treasure and we're always like frustrated with the fact they weren't making a third one. Yeah. And the big thing that <laughs> fucked the third oh, one. Imagine being frustrated. So frustrated. Sure. Because the end of two is such a tee-up. And also, I feel like it was it was uh, Nicholas Cage's last tether to reality. You yes. know what I mean? Like it was his final studio thing. Wait, how does two end? Two ends with when he was trying to find the, the, the document, right? But there's that book that he needs to find the map of where the thing mm-hmm. is hidden. Well, the Book of Secrets, right? The Book of Secrets. <laughs> and when he book kidnaps of... President Bruce Greenwood <gasps> mm-hmm. in the tunnels of the Underground Railroad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood says like. 
He tells him where the book is and how to find it. And right? isn't that movie about him proving that his like great great grandpa didn't shoot Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Because uh, Ed Harris has proof for something, right? Because Ed Harris's <laughs> grandfather always got blamed for. Is that something with, should we like do special yeah, 100%. Yeah, all right, okay. Ed Harris's grandfather and his family lineage has been cursed with this notion of them like abolitionist you know like turncoat right. slave love and bullshit and he's like not me you and he puts it on the Gates family mm-hmm. and Cage has to like clear the names and the only way to do that somehow is to kidnap the president of the United States uh-huh. and he takes him into the tunnel and Bruce Greenwood's like the information you're looking for is in the Book of Secrets. It's in the library here. It's on this shelf. You'll only have eight minutes. They'll try to catch you. And then he's like, okay, thank you, Mr. President. And he goes, by the way, if you get the chance, look at page 37. Something I think you might find interesting Oh, my there. God. So it's like a Joker And then the reveal. end of the movie when, like, the president pardons him. For <laughs> crying out loud. <laughs> like, comes to the hangar and is like, man, I got this under control. Because they're, like, about to arrest all 27 characters who are part of the team at this point. And uh, the president's like, did you get a chance to look at uh, page 27? He's like, yeah, pretty interesting. And he's like, I thought you'd have some notions. And I forget how they say it, but they imply that page 27 is about the Kennedy assassination. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So there are two fucking Nick Cage, Ed Harris movies in which there's a secret document that reveals. Who killed Kennedy? Isn't that the rock end? Twice. It ends with Nick Cage going and finding the microfilm that Connery left in the church. In a church. In the church leg. In the pew leg. Yes. And then the end oh of National God. Treasure 2 is once again, Ed Harris has led him to the page with the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. So we were just furious that we weren't getting this third movie. And our friend's friend was working at Jerry Buck- Bruckheimer Productions. Sure. The movie got slowed down because of Sorcerer's Apprentice. Right. Which they prioritized. And then it was like, oh my God, Bruckheimer, right. Turtle Top Cage, we can't do that again. Right. But they had the script that was pretty ready to go. And someone was like literally carrying the script through the office and a couple of the pages fell off. And this friend like ran into like a closet <laughs> and took photos of the first three pages and was like, I'm going to have to give these back this immediately. This some like <laughs> Pentagon paper it shit. It felt right, like it. Yeah. Right. And is your friend Matthew Reese? I'm not going to name them because <laughs> I don't Matthew want. Matthew Reese, admit it. It was Reese. It was. <laughs> um, but the first three pages are amazing, which I sent to you as well. Yeah. And it once again involves the family lineage, which all good National Treasure movies well, should. Well, maybe Turtle Top might have a bit of a blank Meg's check back. after the Meg. The Mandy, Meg hit. Cage has some legitimacy again. Well, yeah, but I don't think Disney's like, Mandy really convinced <laughs> us that National Treasure 3 is a good play. But he's less of a joke, which I'm happy about. It's always nice when he, right, when he gives a real performance and everyone, you know, tips the cat. I also yeah. just dislike people acting like they are more in on the joke than Nicolas Cage is. Sure. No one is more aware of how ridiculous Nicolas Cage is than Nicolas Cage. So to be like, oh my God, he's like out of control. He doesn't even know what he's doing. And it's like, he's trying to produce that result, whether or not you like it. Uh, My prediction is that in the next six months, they announce for the Disney streaming service that they do a National Treasure reboot that's more focused on their child. Right. Where Cage will now be playing the John Voighty type and it'll be there. They'll fuck with the timeline and they'll have like a 17-year-old son and it'll be like your... Oh, but that sounds Thwaites. shitty, though, right? Because then you right. got to bring in Thwaites like or whoever. It's going to be a Thwaites. Oh, or whoever Thwaites. the new... Who's the new Thwaites? Thwaites? Bobby, Bobby, as the oh, host God. of Who Weekly, i got to ask, who's well, the Brenton new Thwaites? Brenton Thwaites is an undeniable who, right? I mean, he never graduated beyond. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. And I don't think he ever will. Uh, who is... Like KJ Appa? No, it's like Noah Centino. Yeah. 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 No, oh, fuck, it's Centino. It's Noah Centino. <laughs> Let me ask you, point of distinction, do you think Centino... 
stops being a who because he's become such a darling. Even if it's in a small no, circle, no. all the like fucking big like blog posts, love letters need, to him. He would need some. He still is. Yeah, he was like hot shit for three weeks. Yeah. You need more oh, than that. Yeah, I mean, it's and classic also, Netflix Doesn't he have cycle. some stuff? Some stuff brewing? He has... <laughs> He's got a little stuff brewing. He right? might have a little stuff yeah. brewing. Yeah, he might have yeah. a little stuff brewing. Is this an on the record? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just, Doesn't you know, he have some stuff brewing? I feel yeah. like the profiles of him were like mm-hmm. sort of hinting at a, a darker side. No, yeah. I'm not saying anything yeah. sure. like nasty. Yeah, I mean, no, no, just, no. just some, you know. I, well, he's stuff. he would like to have some stuff brewing. Oh. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. I also think anytime it, you get one person is the subject of 17 blank is the new woke bay mm-hmm. they're just destined for a downfall. Oh yeah. You know, it's like it's the coming. it's the um uh what's his name? Uh, Ken Bone. It's sure. like we rise someone up right, to the, right, the, right. the Without uh, checking. holy raft yeah, yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about Ken Bone. He was he's great. Back. He's one of my favorites. He's probably not back. <laughs> was he a who? I mean, he's like. I don't think it counts. It yeah, doesn't, doesn't count because yeah. he's not an entertainer. Yeah. He's not I mean, a he's not And also, be it was sort point. of just like a kind of just like a viral, a, a moment of virality. Yes. Doesn't necessarily right, make he was, it. Although he was we did, a meme, basically. We did record, we did record an episode um, that's, I guess, tomorrow's episode. Uh, Gritty is a who now. Gritty's officially a who. So I guess okay. I just contradicted myself. Interesting. But um, Gritty, Gritty's great. Gritty's great. I think. I'm into Gritty. You also, into Gritty? I'll show you Ben. Ken I Bone was too political. Subscript. Yeah. I don't like I don't like Ken Bone was too political. Too political. I don't like making political viral moments who's Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, no, I agree with that. You're Joe the Plumbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's no. the new mascot for the uh Philly. Uh the Flyers, the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Flyers. Gritty's great. Uh and he's uh he's, he looks fun. Yeah, he's he's weird. He's a googly eyed yeah. can I say monster. Can I say that? They designed him. Oh yeah, I mean I'm a fan of Gritty. His his hands squeak, his stomach squeaks. Oh, that's lovely. His eyes are googly. He's sort of barrel shaped. But once again, you're saying, okay, so he became him, but he is an artist and he's a performer. He's a performer, yeah. That's a big difference between him and Ken Bone. He's a performer. Ken Bone was discovered, Mm -hmm. but someone like Rita Ora, who's kind of the ultimate who, right? Gritty is intentional. Yes, right. Gritty's intentional. Yeah. Gritty was made to draw internet attention. Mm-hmm. Rita yeah. Ora, like, very Chrissy intentional. Chrissy Teigen is going to comment on Gritty. Right. There will be a photo of, of Gritty and Chrissy Teigen or where something. Do, Tigen, where me. does the Chrissy Teigen uh, recognition, acknowledgement land in sort of the, uh, the arc of, <laughs> of, of, a of a who? Do you think that's the moment they've made it or the moment that they're starting to fall? They've hit. I think peak. it's the moment they made it, but also she's so early, so it's the moment they made it. Right, right. it's yeah. the moment it's, they're it's on sort the, of, the wider. Radar. And I'm not even yeah. sure if that counts anymore because she's so prolific at this point in terms right. of like tweeting about everything. But she is sort of the first one to maybe tap the the sword on mm-hmm. each shoulder. Yeah, go, yeah. you're a who. Yeah, she legitimize she le- she legitimizes things. Right, because before yeah. that, maybe you're a what? Yeah, <laughs> like you're what? a what? Huh? What? Huh? Where? Yeah, like ready. <sighs> We introduced Bobby, right? Introduced Bobby. <laughs> okay, I forgot. I've been introduced. Yeah, the audience got fingered. <laughs> that was nice. Um, welcome, National <laughs> Treasure. I'm just looking at the tabs I opened while we were. Oh, Brenton Thwaites. Yeah, he had he had four hacks and missed with all of them. Hacks at the tree. He, he did a pirate. What were right? the four? Maleficent, the Giver, mm-hmm. the Giver, Gods of Egypt. Yeah, oh. and then pirates uh, five. five? Yeah. Dead men tell no tale. You know, Salazar's revenge. He was right. the son. He was Orlando Bloom's son. Or yes, was yes. He just Henry new... Turner. Okay, right. okay. Because I always and got... Kaya Skolodar. Yes, is that how you say her name? She yeah. was the, the, the love actor. interest. But didn't that movie still make you know hundreds of millions of dollars? Wasn't it still it sort was, of even successful? by the standards of like 
the low, low standards required of a Pirates movie, it was a huge flop. Okay. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. It, it did badly. It sort of falls into the the Transformers category where like four was it like. It made like $700 million worldwide, but it costs like, you know, yeah. 250 to make right. it. You know, like. You know, so the, Disney broke even, I like guess. Like the first three Transformers all do really well. Then the fourth one is like, wow, that's a big dip. Mm-hmm, but right. these are still profitable. And then mm-hmm. five lost a ton of money. Okay. They're kind of on the four where it's like we're thresholdy. And if they went back to the well one more time, they'd probably lose. And then Bumblebee is next. Yes. How will Bumblebee do? You know, people say Bumblebee is charming. Right, okay. I I have heard similar buzz. I just don't know why audiences. Bumblebee would care. is buzz. it fully? Is it is it PG? Is it like fully a, a family? Oh, maybe film? it I, looks very Iron Gianty. Okay, I like that it seems very small. I don't know if you guys saw the new trailer yeah. that came out. No, it's there's fine. There's a new one this week, but a thing I like is all the Transformers in it have the fucking classic designs, and I'm not like one of those assholes that like they shouldn't have changed it. But when you see a CG version of the old blocky Optimus Prime, you're like. That is just a better design. That's a better piece mm-hmm. of graphic iconography than the weird flame, like, boobed, rounded edge kind of dude, you know? So this one's for the fans. This one's for the fans, and I it's like for it. the families. It feels a little like that, but when I was watching it, I love Haley Steinfeld, yep. and I find her charming, and mm-hmm. she's charming in the trailer. But the trailer is basically like, what if like a kid found a fucking Transformer in their garage? And I'm like, we have absolutely already done this. Like, I don't know if this is new enough. Well, the big move is the first movie, that's the first 30 minutes. And, and then, then there's like a Michael war. Right. And they were like, what if we kept it there? Yeah, but there's still the trailer's still full of robots oh, fighting yeah. each other, yeah. you know, and they go to some fucking, you know, Transformer planet and Optimus Prime is there and he's like, I am president. He says some Transformer planets. If he doesn't know that they go to Cybertron. I, see, I genuinely. You know that no, they go to I, Cybertron. I don't. I've only seen the glib. first one. Really? I haven't seen any of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, three is a masterpiece. Three is the good one. Three is the Apart good one. Apart from one. One and three are good. That's the good card. Okay. Uh, three, two, two and four are reprehensible. And five is mostly reprehensible with some things. Is that you five just Mark gotta, Wahlberg? Five is the and one four. that. Uh, four <laughs> and five two. are Wahlberg. <laughs> Five is the one with um, Cogman. With Cogman, our favorite the, actor. The, the, I, the, remember Cogman, the, the sociopathic robot butler. I, I kind of, I, I turn, I turn myself off when, yeah. when Transformers. Come I think up. America I just, too yeah. has started to. Do uh, I'm gonna. I have a, a perfect segue, but I just want to say uh, Transformers Five features Cogman, who is a robot who self-identifies as a psychopath. He says, yes. "I am a bit psychopathic." <laughs> yes. Uh, who doesn't transform? Who's the voice? Uh, Jim, what's the butler from Downton Abbey? Yes. Okay. Uh, he doesn't transform. Jim Carter, is that his name? I don't know the name. I just know Butler from yeah. Downton Abbey. I knew, yeah, right. Transforms into no vehicle. He's no, yeah. like, he doesn't turn into anything. He's just like a clockwork man. He doesn't turn into like, like a, a car st- at nothing. any point? No. Literally nothing. He's a steampunky butler who's just a little bit taller than a human, yeah. is a psychopath, and likes playing dramatic music on the organ. I mean, the best part of the whole movie, and maybe of all movies. They do it twice. Is right. When like Anthony Hopkins is giving some exposition where and he's telling the history. The last and night. there's like opera music playing and then you realize that it's just Cogman. He's singing. He's like in the rafters <laughs> singing the Cogman. opera music. And he's hitting the organ <laughs> and, he's and in the organ. Uh, it's really good. And Cogman oh. won Best Supporting Actor. So the thing I was going to say is that Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon shares an actor with this film, mm-hmm. Francis okay. McDormand. That's true. The That's villain right. in that. And sure. Are you she the main villain? I think she ends up being the main villain. Her and John mm. Benjamin. Clearly, him. I don't remember it that well. Right. And the voice of reason here. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, but she was in the Israeli military. She was in the Israeli military. Yeah. This movie does the exact same thing that It's Complicated does, which we'll get to soon, where she's in the 
first 30 minutes a lot uh-huh. and then really kind of disappears. She pops back up like one more time. One more that. time. Yeah. But the first 30 minutes, you're just like, great. We're going to have her as the voice of reason. The right. Comedic, you're like, this like, is Grace a four-person movie. Yeah, right. it, yeah, it's a square. Yeah, you got Keaton, Jack, McDormand, and Pete. They're right. all going to be at the house together for right. one weekend. They'll this doesn't, this doesn't each span, other. you know, 36 months at all. Right. It's this is going to be a He's going to grow a yeah. Tolstoy-esque beard yeah. <laughs> in the middle of this movie. This is one of those movies I love where it spends so much time on the first hour right. that mm-hmm. these people are together. And then so much time on the first day and then the first week. And then it just jumps six months. Yeah. It's very it's very Jerry Maguire in that right, it's a five right. act movie with sort of surprising time jumps. Yeah. About people who fall in love and figure it out mm-hmm. a lot longer away. Like yeah. it takes them a while to figure it and out. And this is where I really think you start to see the auteurist of, OK, this is Nancy Myers storytelling style. And is distinctly different than the Myers uh, Shire collaborations because mm-hmm. yeah. those movies kind of just run like clockwork. They're really good, like glossy studio comedies, adult studio comedies, right? Um, but, By and large, but this is like though. okay. There's no three act structure here. This is just a series of movements that happen. Mm-hmm. And every time you watch, like every time I would get to a scene where I was like, okay, this is the point in another movie. Like you have them only realize they're in love with each other at the 85 minute point. Then they get in a fight, and then 10 minutes later, they come back yeah. together. And this movie has them realize they like each other an hour in, and yeah, there's like an 54 hour and 10 minutes, minutes And I think it's like 54, 55 yeah. minutes right. they're in love. But you just expect the normal version of this movie is 30 minutes where they fight, mm-hmm. 30 minutes where they start to connect. Right. Then they realize they're in love. He hurts her. They break up. They come back together. <laughs> and that last part takes 10 minutes. Sure, yeah. In total. 90 to 100 minute movie, yeah. And this movie has an hour of her trying to make sense of what happened yeah. and him doing the same. Yeah, kind of. Except he mostly does it off screen. Right. But then he has his like fill he, in the blanks. No, he's got some stuff. Though. Yeah. He's got some stuff. Yeah. Uh, D- David. Hey, Griffin. David, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm moving. You are moving. That's true. Yes. Uh, you got a new place. I got a new place. And uh, my mom asked me, do, do I need to get bedding for you? Because my mom still uh, rightly assumes I don't know how to do anything. Right. On assumes my own. you just sleep on a uh bale of hay which to be fair that's pretty much how i've been sleeping sure. during the move you're a hay baler yes mm-hmm. um but i said baby i got that brooklyn and a hookup you know what i'm saying you got that brooklyn and hookup i got that brooklyn and a hookup it's it, you are you talking about the sheets that were the winner of the best of online bedding category in good housekeeping yeah because i only sleep on winners baby it's got rave reviews from business insider you're talking about the fastest growing betting brand in the world? Even Armand White gave it a good review, and he's the king contrarian. <laughs> exactly, because even though they're based in Brooklyn, these aren't uh, typical New Yorkers, because they live in the city that never sleeps, but they bring you the best sleep ever. They actually like sleeping, and also it's kind of fun and clever that it's like Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, Linen. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of fun. I don't know if it's intended, but you can have a little, you can have a kick with that, you yeah, know? Yeah, you can have a little fun with it. Yeah. I do, I do it every night. I've got Brooklynans. And you go to sleep going Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, and... Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, they're, they are great. Uh-huh. Um, I do love them. I yeah. feel like I've raved about them every time we do a spot. I mean, like, why don't like you marry them? Thing in the, I mean, it's right in a 50-50. I might. You might. I might. If there's a, um, you can get married to sheets, uh, I'd consider it. Yeah. I love my sheets. Um, they're, what, what can I tell you about them? Well, they're luxury sheets without the luxury markup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take out the middleman, you know, from design to manufacturing to customer service. So it's like, you know, it's a lot cheaper than these kind of soft, silky sheets usually are. Let me ask you, does uh, nearly headless Nick work for Brooklyn? And- from Harry Potter, the, the Gryffindor ghost? Yes. 
Might. I don't know. Why? Well, because I feel like there's an old-fashioned spirit despite totally modernizing an old industry. Well, you know, I mean, Nearly Headless Nick, he's old, right? Hundreds of years. And he's old-fashioned. But he exists in the present day. He is modern. So you're saying Brooklyn has kind of a Nearly Headless Nick vibe. I'm saying there is an old-fashioned spirit. I'm trying to figure out if it is a literal old-fashioned spirit. (laughs) Okay. All right. My Brooklyn sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. And they've got an exclusive offer for Blank Check listeners. You can get $20 off. Not so loud, okay? It's exclusive. Don't let it spread around. This is is primo stuff here. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code CHECK at Mm -hmm. Mm brooklinen.com. They offer you, they're so sure that you're going to love your new sheets. They offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. So the only way to get $20 off and free shipping only way is to use promo code CHECK at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code CHECK. And yes, it is annoying that they only accept cashier's checks, if that's what no, you're telling me, I'm but otherwise it's a great service. I'm just telling you to use promo code CHECK at brooklinen.com. These really are the best sheets ever. Uh, Bobby, Nancy mm-hmm. Myers, I want to ask you about your relationship with Nancy. Okay. Uh, when did you come to Nancy first? Or when did she like, come to you? Like, were you seeing her in theaters? Like, you know, uh, you Parent Trap, you first, said they had a close I guess the first, the first Nancy Myers movie that I saw in theaters, because um, it's weird, uh, people do, as I guess an outspoken fan of Nancy Myers, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself like a fanatic, but I am no, a, a but, huge fan sure. of Nancy Myers. Um, it's sort of uh, become a thing that my friends have known me for. So it'll, if it comes up, it's like, what's your favorite Nancy Myers movie? Right. And I don't know how to answer that because it's like, what do you mean by Nancy Myers mm. movie? And so I will always have to be like, if we're picking from the entire filmography that she has written, written mm-hmm. and directed, I, I, or, written and or and directed, directed, written and or directed, I would probably go with, you know, I would jump back and forth between Parent Trap and Baby Boom. Wow. wow. And, and then if you asked me, you know, what's my favorite Nancy Myers directorial effort? I would say Parent Trap or something's got to give. Yeah. But I, so I think the number one answer that I has Parent Trap, that's kind of easy because it, it's just, it's one of those movies that you see when you're 12 mm-hmm. and it does something to you and I will just never, I will never lose my my love for that. I also think there's a distinction of like, oh, Parent Trap might be your favorite movie that she directed. Mm-hmm. But something's got to give is the Nancy Myers yes. movie. I think like in a way that Parent, like, Parent, yeah. Parent Trap is very anomalous, like in right. in the grand scheme of her career. So like I I get that it doesn't really count. Um, but sure. my my connect the first Nancy Myers movie that I saw in theaters is one of the movies she directed, and it was Father of the Bride Part Two, right? Which I saw. At, she, she, um, didn't direct. she didn't. She didn't direct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that I saw as a double feature with Toy Story. Oh. Which is a really lovely, like it's, it was a really lovely 95. movie going day. That's really for me. nice. Yeah. I, I mean, we we've talked about our love for Father of the Bride Part Two, and we've never talked it. about Toy Story on this. It's podcast. so good. We never, right? No, that's that one doesn't come <laughs> up. Uh, I also love Father of the Bride Part Two. Yeah. Now, as a kid, I obviously had no idea mm-hmm. who. I, if, I guess I probably just thought of it as a yeah. Steve Martin movie. Yes, like, but uh, yes, it was very important to me. And uh, the rest of my connection, I I don't know. I, I Baby Boom was one of those movies. Um, in as a as a child of the of the eighties and the nineties, mm-hmm. so only eighties kids will understand. Me. Sort of your your taste gets influenced by by a, a wide variety of things, but I think one of those things that is lost now is that your taste is sort of decided for you based on what channels you had, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, we didn't have a huge cable package, but we had TBS and TNT, and yeah. guess what? 
Baby Boom was on all the time. Oh, Interesting. And that was one. Of, and, and, and of course, like some people would have seen Baby Boom and skipped it. I mm-hmm. happen to be like, I'm interested. So, you know, what does that say about, about me? But Baby Boom was one that I watched a lot that I taped. And so I watched Baby Boom a lot. See, My mom liked Private Benjamin, so I watched Private Benjamin. Sure. I feel like I was similarly shaped by the Disney Channel, which at that point had very little original programming and didn't have access to most Disney movies. But they played Parent Trap all the time. And they also played, before that, Father of the Bride Part 2 a lot. They never played Part 1. I've probably seen Part 2 like 10 times. It's the same. I've seen and Part yeah. 1 like maybe twice. Right. Maybe twice. Part 2 I've seen so many times. Yeah. But like, and it, I saw Part 2 first for sure. It mm. always felt like Disney Channel only got the sequels to things. Like I'd huh, see Short right. Circuit 2 so much. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I've, I've seen the first one once and I love the second one. Yeah. I think I love it. I loved right. it a lot growing it's up. It's just baked into the personality yeah. Yeah. when you're that young, I feel like. Um, and what, what's another one? Jumpin' Jack Flash I had a weird sure, relationship with. Right. It was, And the reason I watched it, and I remember why I watched it, was because the the, the TV guide and like the, the San Antonio mm-hmm. newspaper had, you know, they, they had the star ratings pulled in from something. I think it was probably like Leonard Moulton's star ratings yeah. or like an all-movies guide that they right. had an access, access to. And it was one of the few ones that I noticed being on a lot as like, you know, in the early 90s. And it had one star. And I thought it was a we- It was one of the movies that was one star only. Wow. And I was like, wow. I got to watch this bad movie. Yeah. And I ended up liking it. Yeah. And it's this R-rated movie. It's not a one star movie. But yeah. rated, but edited for television. That's like basically a, a, a heist movie for kids. It's like a spy right. movie for children. <laughs> when you cut out the, 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 the language, right. it's a children's movie. Yes. And like Whoopi Goldberg is having the time of her life in that movie. And that was always fun for me. And it has like a weird computer angle to it too that I, I thought was I fun. I weirdly watched uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert recently where they were just railing against uh i guess jumping jack flash and burglar came out back to back okay i've never seen burglar and they were like whoopie's gotta stop making these dumb action movies this was right after the color purple right they were like she's clearly one of the best actors but she keeps on making these movies where she rides a motorcycle and wears black right what was her pen what was nancy's pen name for jumping jack flash i don't don't why i don't i don't know why i don't know that off the yeah. top of my head um david have you seen baby boom no should we do a bonus? Well, I don't know if we should add another one to the docket to save it for the Charles Shire uh, miniseries, but... Uh, <laughs> that is true. We could do Shire. It is one that has continually come up when I see people writing about us getting ready to cover Nancy of, I hope they do Baby Boom. And it feels like of the Shire Myers collaborations, mm-hmm. that's the one that sort of got her voice the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and people love it. And it's fucking Harold Ramis, who like Ramis. we talk about loving love whenever him. he acts in a movie. Uh, and um, who's who's the vet? Uh Oh God! Wait, wait! Sam, in, Sam, in the movie, Sam Wanamaker. Sam, yeah. yeah. No. Oh yeah, it's Sam. Well, and Sam Shepard is Sam also Shepherd, in yeah, it. Sam yes. Shepard. Sam Shepard. Uh, I also, I mean, I have a soft spot for every Charles Shire movie that I've seen, uh, which is Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part Two, and I Love Trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Love Trouble was very popular in um, in my family for some reason. That I don't know why. Is weird. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like. Those, those, I don't know how to categorize those things, but they exist. It's like, I don't know why I Love Trouble is they part were, of my yeah. life, but it is. They yeah. were real video yeah. store movies. Yeah. You know, the, the poster was up. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte. I don't know. They love trouble. Uh, <laughs> Watch um, out. M- Mike Ryan, uh, past, past future guest, friend of the show, uh, once, I tr- try to remember who it was, but referred to some director as the three-star general. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Which I feel like is what you could call Charles Shire, which is like, if you popped into a blockbuster and you rented a Shire... Three stars. You just have a nice time. 
Right. You know? Yeah. He's a three-star yeah. general. Yeah. The only... <laughs> he keeps the ships running. The only Shire yeah. film that... Well, Alfie's weird, actually. Alfie's weird. I have seen Alfie. I've never seen Alfie. Uh, Alfie's weird. Weird movie. Yeah. Uh, the Affair of the Necklace I have not seen. That was, that like was an out-and-out out flop. Yes. Yeah, right. But it was also him going way out of his comfort zone with a star who is also way out of her comfort right. zone. Right. It's like two out-of-comfort zone people and him, I think, trying to figure out what his identity is without Nancy. I mean, that's what that really right. felt like to yeah. me, you know? But... We're not here to talk Shire. We're not. We're here to talk. Something's got to give. Yes. Something's got to give. Did you see it in theaters? Did you see it? I did. It? I saw it. I saw yes, it. No one? Um, the Saturday it opened with my sister, and we okay. were very excited. I saw it with my mom and brother. The whole family went to Something's Got to My dad might have gone. Like, it was wow. definitely like a family outing to see Something's Got to Give. Uh, I watched it on VHS I, I my with my mom, yep. uh, and we both didn't like it. Idiots. I didn't like it either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like loved it. I was a big Oscar watcher. This movie came out in 03. I knew it was an Oscar tipped film. Like, With the Keaton thing, there was so much buzz from, from the get go. Yeah. Just like, and there was for the 2000s, especially, it would feel like every year would come down to here's a veteran actress getting the best role of the latter half of her career mm-hmm. versus here's a young ingenue turning serious for the first time. And you'd have your like Sissy Spacek versus Halle Berry. Sure. Your like double Annette Bennings versus Hillary Swanks. <laughs> right. And then this year was the like Theron Keaton thing. Yeah. And it was like, are they going to give her the second Oscar for getting it back? Or are they going to crown Theron the new person? But it felt like a two horse race the entire fall. Like Keaton could have won. I think she had a shot, but she, like um, the other person you mentioned just now, uh, Sissy Spacek. Yes was eventually undone by the fact that she has an Oscar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so whatever. Charlie's took it. Hallie took it. Two years in a row, you're actually, those are back-to-back yeah. years. And then, no, and then you have the swanks around there. a year in between yeah. them. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, two, who's 2002? Someone's 2002 there. was Kidman? Year. Kidman. Yeah. Kidman. Um, that was a weird one because that was, the two-horse race was kind of Kidman more who were contemporaries. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Kidman just had the big movie and the D-glam. And, and she won by a nose. Shit. <laughs> Do you remember he said that? I, of course I do. Who was, wait, who was Denzel. the- Denzel. Oh, Denzel. Denzel. Okay. Yeah, by a nose. That was the other one was, I, I think that was, yeah, that was the Chicago year. Yeah. Catherine Zaire-Jones wins Best Supporting Actress and Sean Connery presents it and you cannot make out what he's saying. Oh, really? He's I remember like, being at a party where we were like, did she. Queen Latifah just win? Because <laughs> she went, and the winner is- Catherine. <laughs> we were oh, like, yes, that yes, that's Queen right. Le- he just said her first name and it sounded like a well, it was, sneeze. He's Scottish, she's Welsh. It was a sort of. Winnerish. Catherine. I believe she was the first award of the night. The winner is. There was, yeah, a moment though. <laughs> you know when they have the five, like the, and then they'll have the zoom in on the one who's won. It's sure. the five sort of close ups. Yeah. yeah. Right. Latifah and Zeta Jones were right next to each other uh-huh. and the right. camera started zooming and it looked like it was Latifah <laughs> and I was at like an Oscar party with my parents and everyone started screaming because for half a second we were like Queen Latifah just won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress and we were all so excited. She didn't win. She did. Catherine. Catherine Zeta Jones. There's won. also some Oscars right around then that opened with like probably a mon- no I think it literally opens with Sean Connery coming out and going like the movies. We all <laughs> love them. They're so good. Like, and I, like he had just some bullshit monologue. He's like, ah, the movies. And then he's like, please enjoy. And they just showed a montage of movies. <laughs> I like, like it might have been like the 70th. Like it might have been some milestone Oscars. I, I like can't. that your Sean Connery impression sounds like Muppet Baby Sean Connery. Right. Ah, the movies. The movies. I love the movies so much. 
Dumb movies. <laughs> movies. I, I, always, I wish I could find it. I'll, I'll try to find it. I always fall for those those movies montages. The like, oh, me too. No con- like uh, last year at, Where it's just at like, the let's Oscar come from party. Like, boys in the hood to Ben-Hur. Yeah, <laughs> people at the why? Oscar party I, I was at, maybe half of them were like, why are we doing this? And half of them were like, I... I, I mean, really like this. I think we all agree. Give in this me three room. minutes of we this. We never want, like, the, the idea that the Oscars should be short is sort of uh, That's deranged. Well, but yeah. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to broach a difficult subject, okay? Oh boy. Because I think we're the kind of big dummies who love those montages who mm-hmm. could watch five million of them. Mm-hmm. If they made them their own right. night, we would watch it and tape it and rewatch it, right? But when... The movies. The movies. The movies. Baby wants his bottle. <laughs> um... But when they say like, oh, we want the telecast to be shorter and we're going to cut out a bunch of the below the line yeah. awards, I'm just like, then cut the fucking montages. Like, I love the montages, but it feels more disrespectful to cut those from the ceremony when we know that's what pads out the show. Yeah, but honestly, they want to cut eight awards. Like they, Fuck that. There's not enough time in the montages for them to save, but they're going to cut so many awards. I remember 2009, they literally did a montage for each different genre. They were like, yes. here's our tribute to horror. Yes. Here's our tribute to I this. And then that was why. the John Hughes year where they also had a, yeah, a right. John Hughes specific montage and had Macaulay Culkin and Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez all like give testimonies. And I was like, fuck it. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I don't know why they do the, the montages. year that Adam Shankman produced. I got no beef with montages. I love them. Yeah. I mean, was Shankman the one who introduced the the weird panel of like former winners who was like, uh, when did you that were start? so good. They did it two years. Yes. I think it was then. that was the year before. But they did, the they did it one. twice. Yes. And then they had to have like the people on stage. Remember that? They, the, the nominees. I'm going to offer my correction. Well, they did that 2008 one 2008 was past winners where it was like Heath Ledger, quote unquote, got his Oscar yeah, from yeah, yeah. Kevin Klein, Joel Gray. But Cuba each Jr. nominee was given a speech by, it wasn't even the way, like, right. Because like, I remember Cuba Gooding Jr. talking to Robert Downey Jr. Angry that he was stealing roles from the brothers. Yes. But then 2009, it wasn't past winners. It was people they had worked it with. It was just pals. Right. Okay. Right. Because yeah, 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 it was right. Colin Farrell talking about about the hijinks that he and Jeremy Renner got into during SWAT. Yes, that's right. That's right. Jeremy, remember? SWAT? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Yeah. God, the Oscars. They're so good. The movies. The movies. The movies. (laughs) The movies. (laughs) movies. You're like one of the first people. I mean, this is the cornerstone of uh, uh, my friendship with David and this podcast existing. (laughs) But Bobby, you're like one of the first people where like our friends like set us up and we're like, you guys should hang out. Yeah, we had a real friend date. We talked. Did we talk about this? We talked about this on Blank But we like went to a bar and talked for six hours because we got so into talking about the marginalia of movie culture, like the montages and shit. It was it was very pleasant. And I also feel like you're kind of I feel like there's a lot more internet love for Nancy Myers now. I see a lot more people doing sure. like the the Diane crying at the computer gif. Mm-hmm. There was a meme thing last year where people were like cast your own holiday remake. Like who yeah. are your four actors? I feel like you were the one of the first people I saw on the internet in a very funny way sort of like making your fandom of rom-coms and like like studios 90s like comedies feel like like fucking Star Wars fandom or something. Well, I think, uh, I mean, certainly among my friends, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't feel like I was any sort of anomaly or outlier. Yeah. Um, but I think that might have to do with earnestness and like yeah. um, guilty pleasures are sort of in vogue now because it's like we let's just be honest with ourselves with what we like. Let's let's try not to be too. Um, 
condescending towards these things that maybe we feel guilty about liking. And so it's like, you know what? I do like it when the holiday's on. I do like it when something's got to give us on. Yeah. And maybe it was easy to look down on those movies at the time. And I think that might, I mean, that doesn't really count here. But I think that might explain why why there's been more Nancy love. And also the the narrative around the intern really really helped her. That was and the she, one that turned she me. Never, yeah. She never really had the opportunity to tell her story and she yeah. was so open about how hard it was for her to make that movie and um, how much of a triumph that was for her personally just as as a director, mm-hmm. as like a woman in the industry. And when people heard that framing, I think it it gave them permission to revisit all of her movies with that eye and say like, it's kind of astounding that she made the any of these movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. And especially and also, this one. Right. Especially the, and also yeah. as time has gone on, we've gotten less and less of this kind of movie. So we're mm-hmm. nostalgic right. for it. So yeah. you go like the intern, like th- there are a couple things that happen. A, she's telling the story. B, the movie doesn't have the same kind of success mm-hmm. her earlier films did, although it did all right. Yeah. And then you go like, okay, but this kind of feels like a death knell to this type of film, which was already pretty much dying off. Mm-hmm. We don't get them theatrically anymore. Then you have the rise of the conversation about the lack of female directors yeah. in Hollywood where people are like, maybe we didn't appreciate her when we had her. Right, yeah. Maybe we didn't appreciate this genre, the style of filmmaking, sure. mm-hmm. these souffle comedies while we still had them. Mm-hmm. We wrote them off as being like, oh, you know, it's like a fun rainy day movie, but it's like not good. Like, I feel like she's one of those filmmakers where even the people who liked her movies so often had to couch it in like, I know yeah. it's not a good movie, but like, right. I just, it makes me feel good. And now we're we're more comfortable with saying it's a good movie. Right. I think you're just, yeah. and I'm not saying you're the first person to do this, but I just feel like, and part of it has to do with the fact that you're funny and you always were able to make good content about it, <laughs> but that you were just like, I'm going to have no shame about these movies. I'm going to be very interested in my love for them and talk about how deeply I think about them. Mm-hmm. The same way that people think about like all the background aliens at the Star Wars cantina. <laughs> and I like think about you doing your video that was uh, uh, for Albert Nobbs, oh, where Albert you Nobbs. did the video of Glenn Close losing another Oscar. And you compiled all the footage of her being hearing that someone else sure, had sure, won. Sure. And very graciously like happen. nodding. And you, you cut it year. like a James Bond trailer. <laughs> oh my God, I completely forgot. And I used the iMovie template. Right. And yeah. then you, you said Griffin. Glenn Close is going to lose again this year. <laughs> yeah. And I remember wow. being like, wow, someone else thinks that much about this. Because I knew like the day that the, the Academy started putting up all the old clips on YouTube— uh-huh. I would just compulsively rewatch every like yeah. acting winner and watch all five of their faces be like, this time I'm just going to focus yeah, right, right. This on how Meryl's reacting. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And you just like, I, I don't know. I just think it's all tied to well, this sort of cultural you, shift. You guys should have been on the boards with me is all I'm saying. Because I was doing that shit my whole teenage life. Like, yeah, I was on real over the nerdy Oscars. boards. I wasn't on the right boards. Yeah, you weren't on my Oscar boards. No. Because like, on the Oscar boards, it was literally like, well, there's four acknowledged factions. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, Kate Blanchett. Uh-huh. And then there was a fourth one. There were four actresses who had such intense fan bases that yeah. they would like do battle on the boards. <laughs> And Nicole and Julianne were queens. Yes. And Kate was seen as the, like, if you were a Kate fan, it was like, sorry about <laughs> Veronica Guerin, sweetie. Right. Like, you know, Kate was like the lame one. Yeah. Because she doesn't bounce back until she wins the Oscar. That's when yes. she starts getting, like, really plum rolls. Before then, she was kind of doing stuff like The Missing. Like I also think she wasn't seen as cool for a while, which is ironic sure, because now of, she like, seems like the coolest dramas. one. But they were like, oh, she's like a good, respectable actor. Like, who's the fourth, though? Who's the fourth other obvious sort of, like, Renee Zellweger that is insane oh, as that yeah, sounds right yeah and like and like so you I and I was I was not 
on these boards to stand for an actress. Right. So I, right. But I would watch this sort of like maelstrom happen every year. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I remember '04 was like the one year where I would would lurk. Sure. And I would feel like every there was always which boards. Uh, trying to be boards or. Well, no, I'm trying to think. I mean, it would have been, this was when all the sites still had Oscar in their name before the Oscars legally Yeah, I was on Oscar Watch. Yeah. I think I would lurk Which on Oscar Watch. Which was then called Watch. Awards Daily. Right. I did, I didn't do, I didn't do the, the awards boards. I was, I was a very active poster on the, uh, the old original Rotten Tomatoes boards. Oh, Interesting. Wow. And they're all gone. The archives they're are just all just literally wiped. vanished. And it was like 2002 to like 2000. Five or six what was that I was like now? very. I cannot reveal wow. it just in case okay. it wasn't because yeah, I'm sure, sure. sure. I just like I'm very worried that those still exist. There's nothing embarrassing. It's just like oh, there's nothing offensive. You it's don't just want like, it to be. Oh, fun. I yeah. spent. I would spend Years, uh, right. hours right. hours a um, day on like Photoshop contests. Yes, too. yes. Like yes. where it's like oh. Uh, I, I can't even get into it. It's it's really humiliating. I would do stuff like that. No, I the love thing, the boards. I was going to say, I think this movie was one of the few successful versions of this phenomenon. But there was always a thing if there was like a big, glossy, somewhat adult-oriented uh, studio comedy coming out in like October, November, December, it would get lumped into the awards conversation because mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, if they're releasing it in the fall. And then it would come out and be like, no, this isn't an Oscar movie. And this is one of the few times where, like, it did actually result in, like, a major candidate. Mm-hmm. And it was just, she got the nomination, but he didn't. He only got he the did, Golden Globe, he got right? The he Golden didn't. Globe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, she deserved it. Yeah, yeah, and he's, like, doing Jack in this. Uh-huh. Like, he's, he's not bad in this. No, that's, that's he why was, he was penalized. Yes, weird no. watching the movie, how much his performance feels like someone doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. I I think he's amazing. I don't think it feels hollow. He's I good. love him. But, but also, you know, he I'm saying he's playing others. all the beats so hard, which is what the movie's asking him to do. All sure. those hospital scenes are so good. Very yes. good. He's so good in those. I mean, as we've talked about on the Terms of Endearment episode, mm-hmm. he's so good at, at letting himself be, like, vulnerable and, and like, foolish. Like the, There's a lack of vanity, for it. which yeah, is rare right. for guys, uh, male leading men, who become that successful and become sex symbols, even on mm-hmm. you know surprising terms? He always sort of yeah. He, there's something about the way he carries his sexiness yeah. in a way that like he's surprised by it. You right, know, like right. he's very right. he's he's humble. I mean, he owns that's his pot why, belly. He owns his right. hairline. Yeah. When like, the all movie that starts stuff. and they sit him down and they're like, "What's your deal?" He's just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> shrug." Ding dong. Ugh. All right, Ding get dong. the drink. Oh my god, wait. Oh my god, dude, look at this handsome fox. Oh, I, this fox is kind of sexy. Oh my god, who's this fox remind me of? This reminds me of, who's I, like. There's like who are the famous handsome foxes that I'm trying to. Who does he remind? Wait a um, second, he's putting on a little fox McCloud pointed green hat. Um, he has a bow and arrow. Oh, Robin oh, my Hood! Friend, it's Robin Hood from the specific that specific version of Robin yeah, Hood. And he's rubbing his thighs, all seductive like. Uh, is he going to talk to us or am I just going to talk with you? I think he must know who our sponsor is today. Oh, because we're sponsored by Robin Hood. It That's was sort right. of like a dog whistle. I see. So he just knew that because we were going to talk Robin Hood, he was like, I got to yeah. be there. He's oiling himself down. <laughs> He's so sexy. Uh, he is very sexy. I'm going to try and explain Robin Hood without being distracted by how hot this fox is. Sure. And I'm going to try to explain the sexual appeal of Robin Hood, the cartoon character. Okay. Well, so Robin Hood's like an investing app. It lets you buy and sell stocks and ETFs and options and cryptos all commission free. 
And Disney's Robin Hood tends to sort of be like a Rosetta Stone for a lot of people who have like weird furry fetishes because it's one of yeah. the best examples of like a handsome anthropomorphized animal. Right. Uh, so Robin Hood, the apps makes financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's like a non-intimidating way for stock newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And Robin Hood, the cartoon character, is voiced by Brian Beresford, who's like oh, yeah. a, a great, uh, you know, sort of stage actor who passed away recently, but has just sort of an innate charm to his voice. So Robin Hood, the app, simple and intuitive. It's clear design. The data is really easy to digest. I load it up. I, I got my face ID on my phone. It just, you know, so it's all secure. I log in. I look at some stocks and uh, you can get broke, you know, without brokerage fees. Like other brokerages cost like $10 a, a trade. And, and Robin Ro Hood is free. And Robin Hood, the Disney film, wasn't free, but it was produced on a on a budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the sort days, of doldrums right? of Disney, so they right. reused a lot of animation. So a lot of the physical animation for Robin Hood is from human characters, like princes from oh. earlier Disney films. So he has the body language of a human, which confuses a lot of young children sexually. Right, and Robin Hood, the web program, also lets you view like stock collections, like 100 Most Popular, or a female CEOs, social media, curated categories like that. So, yeah, and they've got analyst ratings that buy, hold, or sell for every stock. And Robin Hood, the film, lets you view like an 80-minute adventure, like a lot of fun antics. Who did the music for it, A too? fox. Oh, uh, why yeah, am I forgetting the name? Hood, little, little John walking through the forest. Oodle -la -dee, oodle -la -dee, right, it's really Wait, I got this wrong at trivia once. Uh, anyway, what, what else about your Robin Hood? Oh, you know, you can just learn to invest as you build your portfolio and uh, discover new stocks, track favorite companies. You got a personalized news feed. So Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple or Ford or Sprint to help build your portfolio. And you can sign up at check.robinhood.com. That's check.robinhood.com. And Robinhood, the Disney film music was done by Roger Miller. That's who, it. Uh, right. Who, who plays the role of, uh, what's, what's the character's name? He's the rooster. Yeah. He's the rooster and it's out of the vault. So please watch it now. Cool. So once again, sign up at check.robinhood.com. That's check.robinhood.com. Now let's kick this handsome fox out of here because I'm not going to be able to focus. <laughs> something's got to give every time I've seen it. And like I said, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Every mm -hmm. single time I've watched Something's Got to Give since I've liked it more. Um, it wasn't until maybe the third or fourth time that I was fully in its, mm -hmm. fully in its corner. Sure. But every single time I watch it, I'm surprised by Butterfly? Butterfly. Yeah. Oh, Butterfly always is a, is a gut punch. The, as, as those Oscars that I don't remember the specific era began with Sean Connery going, the movies. <laughs> this begins with Jack Nielsen just being like, ladies. Yeah, gotta love them. Like, while Butterfly plays, a bunch of random ladies walk around like a New York City block, right. like in dresses and heels. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. And I, <laughs> it I is found, crazy. I found, I was like, I'm just going to look. I'm going to see if I can find a, a PDF of the script somewhere online. Usually this is pretty easy to do. Yeah. And I found one written in 2002. And I saw, I just wanted to see how she envisioned the opening. Yeah. Right. And she includes a song choice. Really? And it's not Butterfly. Really? It is. Oh. It's Nancy Myers. Oh, wait, no, let me guess. Do you know what it is? Drowning pool at the bodies of the floor. <laughs> Close. She wrote, Nancy Myers penned the words, Ja Rule, living it up. <gasps> wow. That's how Ooh. she envisioned Wow, would have been better. Would have been better. I Wait, think Butterfly is kind of a terrible choice. Maybe yeah. Ja Rule expensive. was more expensive. Uh, but also, like, that, I mean, really, she she envisioned a very contemporary anything. song yeah. yes. that was like yes. she had heard on the radio and was like, you know what? Like, Hallie turned it on. But like, you Butterfly sure. is like sort of like way past its prime at this point yes. already. Because mm -hmm. yes. what Orange County is 02. 
That sounds right. And Orange County makes the running joke of everyone's listening to Butterfly mm-hmm. and Colin Hanks is irritated by it. And they played the song like five times in yeah. the movie. This movie came and out. It's been in, around long enough that it was a joke this by movie came then. Out, I mean, this song came out in 2000. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Expired. Yes. And it's not like Crazy Town had then stuck around <laughs> right. and everyone was like, ah, the classics. You know, I love Crazy Town. Like Imagine that was if Crazy it. Town That's what's crazy stuck around. Is this movie opens with Butterfly by Crazy Town. Yes. A montage of hotties walking around the social While scene Jack in New Nicholson York. Jack Nicholson just says that he likes I women. I own a rap label. <laughs> and you're just like, wait a second. And the last, and, and then the we, song in the credits is La Vie Rose. Yes. Yeah. And, and then there's another weird, does she play like a Maroon 5 song? There's yeah, another there's weird 5 song. modern yeah. pop song in it that feels very it's innocuous. It's not this love, it's the other it's Sunday Maroon morning. It's Sunday go. morning. Yeah, right. um, but then, no, then we cut from that to, right, like uh, Nicholson and Pete <laughs> in the most insane green screened car journey, right? Yes. And they're discussing their trip to the Hamptons, I guess. And you're just like, what is this movie? Right. And she says, also a, a great a great moment of Nancy Myers almost being self-aware but not quite crossing the finish line where he's like, oh, so your mom's rich. And Amanda Pete's like, no. <laughs> and, and Jack Nicholson's like, well, no, she is. And she Amanda Pete's like, well, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but that's her, good though. Where he's her denial like, is, no, she just wrote a few plays. Yeah. Right. And he's yeah. like, if she lives here, she's rich. Yeah, which right. I do like that. Where because he's like, like, if, he, if she lives within two zip codes of here, or whatever he says, yes, within yeah. like a hundred miles. Like, <laughs> Something right. like, rich. I mean, she's in the Hamptons. Yeah. Like, she is rich. Right. I do like that note of like Amanda Pete is so used to exorbitant wealth that she mm. doesn't have an understanding of what money is anymore. Yeah. She thinks that's that's baseline money, neutral. time, right. anything. <laughs> and and I, is Amanda uh, Pete's character the doctor? Is she Doctor Who flying through space and time? It's also her marriage and her pregnancy make no sense the, at the end the, of the, the doctor's movie. a little has a little more grace under pressure than Amanda Pete, who true. freaks out when her many years divorced father decides to date a woman. Which they, also feels very tied to it's, it's complicated. complicated and feels very Hallie where it's like, I think Nancy Meyers' perception of how children process a divorce is right. entirely based on her children. Right. Because yeah. it's complicated, which we will get to. Right. right. Basically, the kids are like, it's been 15 years, but we're not over it. Very like, specific, yeah. surprising They're all like grown reactions. career kids. In right. their California King, right. underneath <laughs> the comforter, <laughs> yes. sobbing. Yes. We can't, I mean, I, I, well, I can't I mean, even talk it's about it. It's complicated. I mean, yeah. It's really, it's complicated. It's complicated. Um, <laughs> so they're going to the Hamptons which is a three-hour drive from New York mm-hmm. City, but clearly they've done that. They're, they decided to drive, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to take the jitney. They they went there. They've gone there to have sex, uh-huh. which they have not yet done. So weird. They're so excited to have sex. In it's the very crucial to yeah. this movie that they never have sex. Now, do you think that's just because Myers makes that clear three times oh, yeah. in yeah. the movie? Oh, yes, yeah. but it feels very odd that I think she just knows the audience would not get on board right I think that's why right but it does feel odd for the Jack Nicholson character to be committing to going to the Hamptons to stay at her mom's place if they haven't slept together yet Mm -hmm. and they're referring to each other as like boyfriend and girlfriend I you know but he's sort of supposed to be because like so Myers makes a lot of movies, as we talked about in What Women Want, mm-hmm. about this like kind of sleazy guy, but like yeah. where she's like, but I get the appeal of this mm-hmm. guy. Baldwin, Gibson, Baldwin, Gibson, and, and Nicholson, and Nicholson are a trifecta. And, yeah. and then and De Niro is a different kind, but also where she's still sort of doing this thing like, you know, whatever happened to the, the old gentleman, man. you know, right, like, yeah. yeah. And like, I think she's like, you know, this guy likes to sleep with younger ladies or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, he likes the sort of, he likes to be youthful, right? Right. But he still has that sort of like classy guy vibe where he's like, whatever you want. And he'll like buy you champagne or whatever. There's something the fuck, old right? school about him. Yeah, he's sort this of rap packy. Uh, like with all the sort of nastiness. More yeah. like rap packy. Well, 
He's got a rap label. Do they ever say the name of his label? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Drive By, Drive right, By right, Records. Right. Which, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Written by Nancy Myers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we, we'll talk I, about our blind I, spots, right? At I, some point. <laughs> I, I've never really been bothered by by the fact that they hadn't had sex yet. No, like it doesn't it, really it bother does, me. And, and, and like you said, it really does. It's. It, I just feel like she wants us to know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, sort of, yeah. Yeah. you sort of, you, you get it you get his character so yeah. like it's like oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna give her this yeah i think and it's also, also it's a, just a line she knows they can't cross they and can. come back from right um where were we uh well so <laughs> they the arrive hamptons. at the hamptons yeah. they're the hamptons. gonna um bone yeah in the least sexy like i know and he's like, i think there's literally like an ooh baby yeah because she's she, like, like i'll put on a swimsuit yeah. right yeah yeah she unzips yeah She's going to go get changed. And he's he, like, I'm going to take off my pants and go into the kitchen. He yeah. takes off his pants and checks out the fridge. His loose-fitting Oxford shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Diane walks in with Frances McDormand. Uh-huh. And uh, they have a knife and they call the cops. What a great, whatever. I love that. It's I such love a it funny. Too. You see some tush. You yeah. see some old man mm-hmm. yeah. tush. Yeah. They're flipping out. Uh, Frances McDormand was in the Israeli military thing that is never brought up again. Uh-uh. Uh, yes, yes. She's a, a lesbian uh, feminist studies professor from Columbia. Did you, did you see that on, on Wikipedia? A, les, a lesbian women's studies professor? They uh, never call her a lesbian They in don't a movie, call her a lesbian. But Wikipedia is like, a lesbian. And it's like, okay. Interesting. Yes. And okay. she has the one allusion to, um, what the fuck did I, where, where she's like, huh, I mean, he's not for me. Like, what, mm-hmm. right? Where she sort of is a winking i think right. like it's a, a 1930s like right, haze right. code movie that can only talk around it <laughs> zoe uh, and uh <laughs> zoe zoe and uh then i guess what they all just they're all just like well we're grown up so we can all just stay yeah. in this giant house together i yeah. guess that's, that's what a that's concept the resolution. right right because yes, yeah. keaton and mcdormand are, are saying they want to leave yeah well Give them also space. like you can have it and then they say, no, no, you have it. And they say, you know what? Let's all have also, it. Also, the misunderstanding is ridiculous because Pete's like, I thought you weren't going to be here because you said you were writing. And Keaton's like, well, I was going to write here. And I'm like, yeah. a phone call her, <laughs> is all this takes. At her big writing desk <laughs> yeah. where all of her writing Clearly materials Clearly she are. wants to write in the Hamptons. It's also, designed in a movie it. that's very into both texting and AIM. That's true. Like mm-hmm. they're showing multiple forms of communication. Right. They don't check in with each other at all. They don't check but, in with each other. Just just five more minutes of work on the misunderstanding, Nancy. That's all I want. For Pete and Nicholson, this is like a teen comedy where it's like, we're going to go to our parents' cabin this mm-hmm. weekend. I think this is the night that we're Uh-oh, finally going to do it. Right, but the idea of like Saturday, finally it's sex night. Then they get sex there. Sex afternoon. <laughs> right. And they are like, no, it's fine. You can stay. Then go into the bedroom and are like, well, let's continue with our plans. Let's turn on Marvin Gaye. Almost right? immediately in the daylight, just after arriving... And having his wiener seen <laughs> by two other women. No, he's got the underwear on in that yeah. scene. I thought they saw some wiener. No, 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 no. When do they see the tush? Uh, when he's in the hospital. I thought you saw double tush in this picture. He's got boxers on in the... He's got yeah, boxers, he's got right, boxers right, on. Okay, okay, the, fair, enough, the, fair enough. Nancy so they, doesn't want to... So they saw his yeah. gams. Yeah, they do. They saw his, <laughs> his sticks, uh-huh. his pegs. And they're all in the Slim house pegs. together. And I guess they just have dinner because it's really yeah. just the, the crucial scene is that they have dinner. They have a beautiful dinner. A beautiful right. spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they serve it in the in the big, beautiful bowl. Yeah. And uh, the dinner is essentially like, so what the fuck, Jack Nicholson? <laughs> like, you've never been married. You're well, dating McDormand my daughter. realizes that she's read this profile on right, him. Right, right, right. He's escaped the noose, quote unquote. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. New York Magazine. Yeah. I love a New York Magazine <laughs> reference. Uh, like a... Because... 
that happens in When Harry Met Sally too. It's like, oh, I read in New York Magazine mm-hmm. while like the the white people in New York are eating dinner together. It's like, <laughs> right, okay, right. we have to add in. What did you read in New York Magazine? Yeah. Oh, you read about him. Okay, great. Uh, he's uh, never he's, been. He's a womanizer. He's a womanizer. <laughs> a famous womanizer. And, and he's responding to every question with like, "What are you gonna do?" You know, but I, that's what I love give. about that. That's one of the things I love about that scene. It's not. No one is. Everyone is aware of how weird it is, but yes. everyone's approaching it like kind of like humorously. They're like, this is weird. Let's right. all recognize that this is weird. And I like that the movie allows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some, when they tiptoe up to like conflict, they'll kind of then tiptoe away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. Nicholson will be like, all right. And he's like, yeah. no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, like they all, there is that sort of veneer of politeness that even though we get the idea that Erica, mm-hmm. Diane Keaton is you know, a blunt yeah. person in mm-hmm. some ways that she knows she can't just literally yeah. well, be like, razor you're not wit. allowed to sleep with my yeah. daughter. She's well, a highly do that. playwright. And right. also, this this happens and it's complicated too, but it's Nancy likes, um, she likes uh, peppering in a little like um, progressive ideas and, and, mm-hmm. and progressive thoughts about like relationships and sex, but then she never quite crosses the finish line. Right. Like, yes. like she introduces that like, these are some liberal people and these are people who have like very open-minded feelings about sex. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like she could never handle her daughter fucking the same guy she did. Right. She could never handle these right. things. Like she could never there handle the thought of red lines. Yeah. She still has. And she, and she, yeah. still and she this happens and it's for, complicated right, too. Yes. Um, and yeah, so that she, she wants to be an independent woman, but she also so yearns to have this sort of like normal monogamous yeah, domestic yeah. bliss of Nicholson the and second can't. they sleep together. Yeah, um, you know we're talking about the the dinner, the dinner, spaghetti and bowl. Them in the dining room. This feels like a good time to cut to our remote correspondent. Oh sure, uh, my sister Romley Newman, a longtime sister of mine, uh, Nancy Myers, uh, fan food expert. Uh, does a segment uh, once per episode called Romley's Kitchen Corner. So we're going to cut over live to her now. Welcome to Romilly's Kitchen Corner. And here is your host, Miss Romilly Newman, in her kitchen. Oh, hello. I'm just slicing some onions in my kitchen. This is my favorite Nancy Myers kitchen by far, uh, just because I think it looks like what Nancy Myers' kitchen probably looks like. Uh, but also, this is the most kitchen heavy movie out of any Nancy Myers movie, probably any movie ever. Uh, there's a lot of time spent in that kitchen. There's an amazing Viking range, huge island, a lot of fruit in bowls, a lot of fresh cut flowers. I mean, this is what I dream of at night. Uh, but it's a really good kitchen. It's a really good design kitchen. And um, two sinks, a lot of cookbooks. You know Diane Keenan's cooking in this kitchen. Oh, man, that made me hungry. Yep. Thank you, Romley. Thanks, Rom. Um, so then they go to play Marvin Gaye and fuck while McDormand and Keaton are still at the table talking about them fucking. <laughs> right. right? Can you believe like they're fucking right now? The Marvin also, Gaye. McDormand has her big monologue where she like unpacks mm-hmm. like she's a women's studies professor at Columbia. Right. Yeah, I know. Which is a little like uh, this. You're just realizing like mm-hmm. you know whatever. It doesn't matter. She has her big thesis statementy kind of monologue. Mm-hmm. And friends, I think McDormand's great in yeah. this movie. I she's I really her. funny in it. She yeah. so rarely plays just like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and she's basically playing just a normal person. You could imagine like going to a restaurant and like it, eating it some food. Did make me wish she would do more movies like this. Like not at the exclusion of other films, but it's like it'd be nice if like McDormand did like a big comedy once every. It's three a very years. like right. it's a very friends with money performance, but without yes. like the darkness. Yeah, because like yes. when because friends. Francis McDormand has She's a few lines where she can have a lot of fun, but then it's like, oh, this is a little too real. Like, yes. I can't fully, you know, embrace this. Right. Representation. I just like, I feel like 
the, the Oscar season last year turned Frances McDormand into like an elemental in my eyes now. <laughs> like I just can't think of Fred inclusion as writer. a regular person. Yes. yes. Um, I, I do love her though. Yeah. And then he has a heart attack. He has a heart attack. Yes. And uh, a real heart attack. At first, a real heart, heart attack. attack. At first they think. And he the, looks like shit. The screams are screams of, of joy of and passion. pleasure and ecstasy. And then Coital. they realize, oh, in fact, a man has passed out. Right. And Diane delivers the immortal line, you fucking man, you which fucking I man. love. Yeah. This is when, that's when the movie basically like, it's like fast and furious. Like we've kicked into five, like the fifth gear. They've hit the Nas. I'm so happy when yeah. she says you fucking man. And uh, and then he goes to the hospital, and who's there but Keanu Reeves? Oh my god, who's so fucking hot in this movie? All right, he so is... I, yes, go on, Bobby. Sorry, no, I'm just agreeing. Keanu Reeves is so fucking hot. When he movie. shows up in this movie, it's a little alarming. Yeah, yeah. like you're like, who is this alabaster god? <laughs> like, and like maybe the best hair anyone has ever incredible had. It's hair. one of it's one of his best. It's one of his best looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except um, that weird suit that he wears to the the, the date that he gets stood up in. Yes, it's a strange, a strange, very pastel suit. Doesn't uh, quite suit him. That's true. He's like, he's yeah. like went into his Sims wardrobe and picked like casual or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Right. But like, if you like cut to a full shot of him and his feet were like one, two inches off the ground, you know, yeah. he was just like hovering a little bit. I'd be like, yeah. yeah, right. He's some sort of like mm-hmm. angel. Is this a remake of Michael? <laughs> uh, uh, now that's Nora Ephron. I know. The the head hairdresser on the tech is Keanu's like go to hair person. Wow. And I just always great hair. had to hold great back hair. from being like, like, right, like right. I'd ask her questions about, about him all the Keanu? time. I will. I'll say this because I she like Keanu. This is a platform I would love to use to shout this to the rafters. Every story I have heard from everyone who has worked with Keanu, anyone who's worked with Keanu in any capacities, that's the fucking greatest guy. Like they're like there is no one kinder. I have heard similar things. More collaborative. Yeah. He yeah. looks out for fucking everyone on set. He takes such good care yes. of everybody. I, I have only ever heard good things about him. Also, that he like likes movies and watches lots of them. Mm-hmm. A lot. That and he like, like really he supports people. Blah, he blah, like blah. you know, he he like runs a set like a president in terms of being like I will not let anyone suffer. Well, not like you know. The president, the current president. Not like our cartoon president. <laughs> Wait, Bobby, what were you going to say? Sundays at Trump time. Um, what was I going to say about Keanu Reeves? I, Reeves, I guess nothing. Okay. Just, Are I you a Reeves nothing. fan? Yeah, I am. You're, you I you am. like Reeves? No, I like him. I yeah. like him a lot. I haven't seen Destination Wedding, but I will. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, I will see that as it deserves to be seen, like on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I tried to watch it at VOD in a, in a country house upstate with my mother, and uh-huh. I was just like, I can't do this because she's going to scoff at it. Right, like, I right, need to right. watch this you just need in a, in a, a zone of entirely because I'm going to love it. Um, so I, I do have a slight read on this movie that it is about, like, essentially Jack Nicholson, like, having a heavenly experience after possibly dying, or at least, you know, Flatlining. I look. I and, had the notion watching it, uh, rewatching it this morning, that it, there are very few movies that commit to, so hard to their color palette being white. Right. It's, it's the whiteness, and not even and cream also the emergence of Keanu Reeves. It's, it's right. like really white, and like when they're on the beach, they're both wearing white. The sand looks white. Yes. The sky looks white. Because like it looks like a heaven set movie. It looks like defending your life or something. Right. And the plot is at this point, it's like, well, you can't go anywhere. You got to recuperate. Yeah. So the only place you can be is this Hampton's home with Diane yeah. alone. And she's going to be all in white and everything's going to be white. And you're kind of going to be trapped like yeah. in a weird way. It's a weird sort of misery. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like yeah. you're, it's, it's almost like you're, it's like your spiritual rebirth begins here, Jack. Like, you know, like. You can't leave, and 
You, but, you but the cinematography to, like, literally looks Michael bleached. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's, points, a, that's right, right. This is where she starts her, uh, yes. her look. Yes. This is where she starts her look. And as Ron talked about the kitchen, I, this is the first real kitchen. Yeah, this is a proper kitchen. I wanted to ask you, you two, mm-hmm. about this. Um, I feel like I don't have a, my eye might not be as trained as it as it could be, but how much of those beach scenes were on the beach and how many of them were like weird composites? Some of them look really Because weird. a lot of them are like, oh, they're on the beach. But yeah. then some of them are like, I think you might be on the beach, but the sky is fake. The sky looks so and, strange. And then sometimes it's like, I think you are in a soundstage in Greenpoint. Like, there it's like, I don't know. Is a lot of weird CGI in yeah. this. She uses a lot of CGI. I'll get into this in the next episode. But I, I heard from reliable sources that the holiday cost $100 million and 20 plus were CGI. Jesus. Wow. She, she like, I think, I mean, to some degree, I think it's the control mm-hmm. thing. I, mean, I don't think we've really talked about this yet in this miniseries, but she does have a reputation from everyone I know who's worked with her talking again about like reputations from mm-hmm. crews and stuff, right? Of just being an insane perfectionist huge micromanager and she like just every takes detail. her fucking time right. and it's in it like a to a david fincher kubrick degree but whereas those guys are allotted for like here take some like yeah. 20 days to shoot one page because every detail matters most of the crew guys i talked to work with nancy myers are like yeah that shit can't make up a fucking mind and it's like but you like it when it's like blood spatter on yeah. a wall yeah. right? and you don't like it because you think it's a turtleneck and it doesn't matter right mm-hmm. she's picking between 18 different white turtlenecks or whatever right. right but to some degree I think her use of CGI backgrounds isn't like well they couldn't go and film in that place I think it's more that she she's wants like, it more perfect she the wants sky it. has to look like this yeah. you know right, yeah. right. It might be some combination of touching up the image they actually created because there are so many moments. I mean, the car feels like, okay, they didn't want to shoot in a moving vehicle. That's fine. They CGI the background in the car. Mm -hmm. But then there's so many other moments where they like step out of a door and you're like, that block looks like Flubber. (laughs) Or he's in purgatory. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) Anyway. I like this theory. I like this theory too. But also if – it's the only way to explain just the strangeness of Nancy Myers' universe. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just the entire yes. universe is like, it, it's, it's not ours. But right. they're like right. Twilight Zone episodes where people right. have like tests of their moral integrity. <laughs> because just because it's literally about like Jack Nicholson yeah. entering this situation mm-hmm. and everyone being like, you ever wanted to not do this though? And he's right. like, oh, I, I never thought about it. Well, and like Jack very famously, like womanizer, you know, like the the great American lover of the 70s and the 80s. Sure. Uh, Angelica Houston was the person who it seemed like, oh, he might actually settle down with her. They were together for a long time, and then he got another woman pregnant, and that's the only time he's ever been married. Yes. And he had two kids with her, I think. Uh, Rebecca Broussard, yes, uh, yes. Lorraine and Raymond. And, of course, Amy Nicholson is his daughter, as we right. previously established on her episode. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, How long and- did that marriage last? Uh, that marriage lasted uh, for five years. Okay. 89 to mm-hmm. 94. But that really felt like it was a, I want the children to have a proper, I don't want to project, but it, mm-hmm. by all appearances, it mm-hmm. felt like it yeah. was like, he got someone pregnant in an affair outside of his longtime relationship with Angelica Houston and wanted the kids to be in a stable home okay. and hasn't remarried since then. Diane Keaton is more of the Nicholson in this case in that she has never been married. Yes, and that's true. She is actually the lifelong bachelor. Right, right. and like 20 plus years ago, she was like, I'm just going to adopt kids. Right. I don't ever want to have a husband. Mm -hmm. I just want to raise kids on my own. And she did. Um, It's interesting that I feel like their reputations are kind of flipped in terms of the public perception because she's another person who had like all these super famous long-term relationships with 
collaborators. Well, she dated Woody Allen, Warren Beatty, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Right. Those are the three big ones. And right. she dated each of them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then we've heard that she apparently dated Keanu Reeves after this movie, which is insane. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't have, know that. We have been told that. We've been told that. It will come yeah. up in a later corroborated, episode. Yes. But yes. Wow. Like for how, like a little brief I think for play? a little brief. Thing. Like a summer? A yeah. summer yeah. romance? Like That's a nice fun summer, summer romance. Something just had to give, apparently. Something had to give. Um, um, another sorry. reason to like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I know. Honestly. Right? But, but I, I'm sure you guys read like the couple of interviews Nicholson's done in the last couple of years where he talks about like, yeah, I wonder if I fucked it up. And he's like, you know, I'm like 80 years old and I sleep alone in a bed and I wonder if I right. had too much fun at the expense of ever actually building a life for myself. I'll say, mm-hmm. like, when you watch him in this movie, like, doing the more vulnerable stuff, like, where he's sort of hobbling around at the hospital and afterwards and stuff, yeah. like, when he falls over uh, in the parking lot outside the hospital, I, I'm thinking, like, God, I want him to do, like, that Tony Erdman remake or something. Like, I, I want know. Jack to do, like, one more thing. Well, and you like you compare like him to Beatty, right? Sure. And those were like the two major Hollywood lovers of their time. Sure. And then Beatty like settles down hard with Annette mm-hmm. Benning. And he was just like, Yeah, you know, I was like old. I'm not gonna like do this all the time. I met a woman I loved. We had a bunch of kids. I'm really happy. And Nicholson just never slowed down. Like, like I think his date to the premiere of this movie was Paz de la Huerta. Really? It was either this one or the one. Paz de la Huerta would have been maybe a was, teenager. Maybe it was The Departed. <laughs> Paz de la Huerta went to my high school, graduated before I, I got there. I know. Dr- and it was dr- either dr- the, the Departed or this. I remember the... Uh, she would have been 19 when this movie came out. So that would have been a major play by Nicholson. I think Nicholson. it was The Departed. Maybe sure. she was 21, but it was like everyone at school was like, did you see who Nicholson brought to the fucking red carpet last night? I'm looking at so it. It was either 06 or 04. So this was, is 03. Uh, oh, right. So it was 06 or 03. She's either 19 or she's 22. Yes, 06. Okay. Seeing pictures of his kids at the premiere. Picture of him with a cigarette in his mouth. Uh, Amanda Peet. That's when, like, when's the last time he did like the thing where he sits at the front of the Oscars with the sunglasses? I think it was the last Is it the last crystal, crystal one? Year? Yeah. No, you know what? It was the last time was... Uh, he, he He's the one who announces Crash. Right. Uh, winning Best Picture. But then 2006, I think 2006 (laughs) was a crystal. I remember the year where he also uh, came out and his head was totally shaved and everyone was freaked out by it and it turned out it was for the bucket list. Yeah, That's the last time I remember Which would be around then because bucket list is 07. Right, so it was in 06, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the point is just after he's made this movie that's sort of about the Jack Nicholson type reckoning with the lack of substance to his like ripping through ladies lifestyle. He still continues to take 21 year olds and 22 year olds as his date. Mm-hmm. To the premiere of movies about the fact that he should have settled down yeah, because he didn't take Nancy Meyer seriously. Right. I know. Like he, he should have rewatched it Maybe later this on. Movie he's was also an intervention like, for in him. this yeah. movie. He's like 40% of the way to his departed performance. Yes. Like there are moments of mania. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love his departed performance. I think it when is When you're staring underrated. down the bullet of a gun. I, those, that scene, those scenes of the departed where he's just sitting at that glass table yeah. and he like picks up a severed hand that's in a bag for some reason. Yeah. He's like, like, those scenes are amazing. But that was another one where people kind of punched him because they were like, I don't know, it's Jack doing Jack. Right, they were yeah. just like, he, yeah. And he this did. is just Again, Jack being didn't crazy. Get the Oscar didn't get the Oscar nomination. Right. Yeah. right. Um, like the only modern one he gets the nomination for is about Schmidt because right, he played so thoroughly yes. against type. Yes. And I remember my dad seeing that and being like, it's weird. He never turns into Jack. Sure. Like I sat there the whole time waiting for the scene where he's going to jack out. You imagine that like when he gets to the wedding, he's going to lose it. Right. And he's restrained the whole time. Yeah. Mm. The Tony Erdman, I mean, 
it's like that is the one way that movie being remade was exciting. No, I know. I want them to remake Tony Erdman. Yeah. Is it is it going to be remade? It, it, it was seems it, like was it he about dropped to and out. It was going to happen okay. with him and Kristen Wiig, right? And and, um, and Lena Dunham was writing it with Jenny Connor, but then they dropped out. But now, yes. uh, uh, what's her kids are all right supposed to direct it? Yeah, but I think when she got attached, Cholodenko, uh, yes. Um, it was noted that Nicholson had was no yes, longer attached. Right. So they hired Cholodenko after Nicholson dropping out. Um, so like maybe she could lure him back because to me he's kind of the appeal of doing that movie. Because who else could do that where it would work and it would make sense? Murray, Bill Murray, right? I guess. But like even who else from that generation or surrounding that? Like that, I mean, look if Warren Beatty wants to do it, I was going to say hire. right, Redford. <laughs> That'd be great if he unretired. You're right. Six uh, months. Yeah. Uh, but I'm only going to wear the weird furry monster suit the whole time. Yeah. Or they just make it another Kevin Hart movie. Yeah, right. It's right. just, uh, I don't know, Eddie Murphy? Oh, God, I love Eddie Murphy. I'm trying to think of people who are just kind of like adrift right now. Like, yeah, well, you know. they announced he's going to make a fucking Grumpy Old Men remake. And oh, I was yeah. like, is that one of those things where old people looked older back then? I think it is. And I looked it up, and he's literally 17 years younger oh, oh. than the younger of the two was, than Lemon was. So it's like, no, we shouldn't. Yeah, he's not old enough yet. He's not. I just assumed that was the case, and Me I didn't too. even look it up. I was like, oh, that's weird. I We... Felt like he was so old, but Jack was Lemmon like, was actually just 60. Yeah, it's like when right. you look up, like, the Golden Girls were 36 when they right, started this right. show. Right, like Estelle Getty like, was okay, so young. Yeah. Right. No, Jack Lemmon was born in 1925. Yes. And Eddie Murphy was born in 61. So, yeah. right. We, yeah, wait a little longer, Eddie. Right. Like You're Eddie's, only 57 years right. old. And, Not that old. And Jack Lemmon was, I believe, like 72 in that first no, one. Right. And He's Matt, that was mid-70s. He's an old man. Yeah. yeah. He's an old man. He's grumpy. He is. And Margaret? Oh, God. Firecracker, that one. Uh, so what happens is something's got to give. Uh, go on. Well, so now they're, they're in the house together. Right, he's been hospitalized. They say he's he's got to stay rested. He's, he's, he's got to stay, stay in the planted. hospital, or he can go. Right, right. But Amanda Pete doesn't want to stay put there. No, she's got auctions to hold. Mm. She's oh, so busy at the, at Christie's. Yeah, the Christie's right. Rockefeller Center. Zoe has to re-enlist. <laughs> As a Mossad agent. Yeah, right. So he has to uh, be part of like Operation Sworn Vengeance. <laughs> like, right. She's gonna, yeah. So Keaton's like, well, you expect me to be in the house with him? Which does right. sound like a very broad comedy premise, which is like two people couldn't it's be true. more different stuck in a house The first five minutes together. of this, you're like, oh, it's a broad comedy because John Favreau is there mm-hmm. and the, the the lady assistant like, it, it's it's one like, line. Yeah. who has one line. But a very high build John Favreau with less than 15 words of dialogue. Yeah, but he's got that scene where he like is crying almost yes. like and is happy that he's still alive. But then they're like, anyway, we got to go. So then it is the two of them. Right. And you're like, okay, culture clash in a house. It's just going to be them arguing and they only fall in love at the end. And she's writing and he wants to smoke cigars and listen to rap music. (laughs) Right? What else? Be on the phone and just be on the the phone. phone. Be on the phone. These crazy young kids. Yeah. One thing I didn't, that cigar scene, I mean, and I've seen this movie a million times Mm -hmm. and I had still forgotten. I was like, what is she doing with this glass? And it's like, (laughs) how did he know that that's what she wanted from him to drop the cigar in the glass? Yeah, essentially a fully like a a barely smoked cigar. Yeah, it's like it's like not this intuitive thing. Anytime I watch it and it's like, oh, okay, I I guess that makes sense. He could just put it out like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like a normal person. Also, I if you notice, there's a little bit of I don't know if it's. Food or just cigar ash on the on the bed as he's lying there on the phone Gross. with whoever, right. and it's like I wonder how tough that was for Nancy, or if it like She's knowing like, what I know now about like how much of a perfectionist right. she is, like it's like how much ash did she think was okay? Like how much is too much? How much? How little is too little? I'll tell you, like the the 
uh, extreme endpoint of the perfectionism I've heard mm-hmm. is that like her movies all go way over schedule, way over budget, right? Sure. So like the intern apparently went like two full months over schedule. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And they had all these intern shots they had to shoot with a second unit, and they were like, "Nancy, you cannot be on set. Like we need to just get these done. This has to be mm-hmm. a succinct day." And she insisted on sending her assistant over to set with an iPad, and she FaceTimed in to approve every detail on the insert shots. Wow. Like, they wouldn't allow her on set, and she was like, I'm not going to have insert shots that don't fit into my aesthetic of the world. I respect it. I Fair love enough, it. enough, Nancy. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, how do they, yeah, how do they get to like each other? I guess she just sort of realizes he's like a real person. Yeah. They go shopping and they talk about rap music. And he never and it's and it's sort of implied that he never has these sorts of conversations. Right. He does with interact women. with he a never, person. He like never her. really has connections with people that are more than superficial. Right. So it's like if he hey, if this if this kind of womanizer asshole man just gives a woman a chance, mm-hmm. like he'll change. He'll change. Well, he and she up. seems to have a pretty small, isolated circle. She spends a lot of time writing in this house by herself. Mm-hmm. Her biggest creative partner is her ex-husband. Her best friend is her sister. Sure. And her other best friend is her daughter. Right. We should say her husband is played by Starsky. Yes. Yes, right? Not Hutch. Starsky. No, Starsky, who also directed Kazam. Uh, true. Paul Michael Glazer, who is playing a guy that, like, I'd love to be. Yes. When I'm 55 or whatever. Your, your collar's up. Yeah, my collar's up. My sunglasses attached. A little croaky. <laughs> Around the neck. You know, I look, yeah. like, pretty good. Like, I've got a trainer or something. Like, you yeah. know, I'm trying but to But you don't go too shape. many days a week. No, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm pretty chill about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, like, try and keep in touch with what the kids listen to. But, like, you know, I know I'm an older guy. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just, like, that specific kind of L.A. Jewish guy. Like, yeah. Who's just like at the bar mitzvahs and stuff and he's got his like Lacoste shirt. Just a breezy like Jack, life. <laughs> Jack's dad is cool. Yeah, right, right. Him and exactly. Jack Sims dad. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you guys want pizza? So <laughs> he's got pizza. So he's he's sort of floating around. What do yeah, what is he her agent? He's her director. director. He's the director. He's her director. Yeah. Right, right, right. She writes the plays, he directs them. She it's married like, him because her life is so small, the only men she ever loved were the was the one was man the who one directed her plays. Her, right. Which and is so again, that, like, that must be a Nancy. Charles Shire. It's yeah, Nancy. Right, yeah. I mean, right. this feels very Nancy. Yeah. And yes. it and it's also one of the it's one of the reasons that it that it works is that um she doesn't have the movies that are her biggest failures don't have a Nancy parallel. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of the directorial efforts, like the holiday really doesn't have one. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's um, why the holiday, holiday feels untethered. Su- suffers. The yes. holiday doesn't really have one. What Women Want doesn't have one. Helen sure. Hunt is not Nancy Myers no, at all. No, she's a fascinating character, yeah. but she's yeah. definitely not a Nancy. Well, um, except for like the divorce, I guess. And the intern, she's a I, I think woman. there's some. The intern, it's like they're both Nancy. They're right. both, they're Nancy right. split in two. That's the key, yeah. is yeah. that like Hathaway's like the adventures of young Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the intern is a triumph. Yeah. <laughs> Love the intern. That I was the, the quote on the VHS box, right? Yeah, a triumph. Credit to you. This one is just Nancy. This is her purest Nancy. This is yes. right. Where, and, and again, it makes sense for her first, like pure Nancy, written and directed by Nancy movie, mm-hmm. would be like her really wrestling with like Nancy. It's her. Right. It's her using very openly using herself as the parallel, and very openly using Jack Nicholson as Jack Nicholson yeah. too. Right. Yes. like we were talking about it earlier, but the. The call out to what is his line? Uh, you 
are a, what is the woman line? You're a woman to love. You're a woman to love. It, it must have been a reference to you make me want to be a better man, like I, that, which I had know. become yeah. one of his like most iconic lines. And right. that's, where she's sort of swept up in it and then she's, and then like, she's like, what that does that make that any mean? sense? <laughs> yeah. And there's that scene where he goes, where does he get all those wonderful toys? Mm-hmm. And then he yeah. calls her Batman while they're fucking. Uh huh. That's uh-huh. a quote back to some of his earlier work, like five easy pieces. Oh uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is because you guys are asking, like, wait, so how do they start to like each other? Yeah. The big thing that jumped out to me was, I they mean, do, this, like, they uh, aim, right? They hop on aim. They hop on aim, right? They but have some even, flirty there's aiming. A little, there's a little chemistry even in that first bedroom scene, though, when he when he yeah, mentions yeah, turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like these two haven't had these conversations before. That's the big it's thing. July. Yeah. yeah. Why turtlenecks? Yes. They yeah. don't talk like this to anyone else. Well, the thing that jumped out to me, I was watching the movie with, uh, a lot of times I watch movies at home, I like to watch them with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, because you never know what kind of sounds are going to happen. But sometimes it's also nice to visually see the no, writing. I understand. I understand. And uh, a thing that popped out to me was how many times in this movie they say, me too. And it popped out to me because me too is now like a phrase with a lot of weight behind it. Sure. But I just realized how often in this movie with the two of them together, one of them says something and the other one goes, Huh, me too. And it's this notion that like they've never talked to someone else who has the same perspective mm-hmm. on certain things, even though they seem so different on the surface, things like them not sleeping. Mm-hmm. There's so much of them mirroring each other in surprise in that kind of way. And you go like, okay, Keaton's life is this tiny little bubble. The only man she ever loved is the man that she worked with. No, and she still works with the only man she ever loved. And Ke- uh, Nicholson's the opposite where it's like, he's got so many people, none of them really matter. Well, mm-hmm. right, because you see him through that party later, which is... Another scene where you're like, right. mm. <laughs> but uh, but you're right, where but he's you're sort like, of adrift. He can't but, relate to these women he's dating. And in his work, you can't imagine he can relate to the rappers he no. represents. The, the idea, though, is that like they're both masters of their domain. Right. And so putting them together, right, they're both a little unmoored because they're like, I'm usually the boss of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you to tell well, me to put Jack my and cigar? When Jack and Diane get together, someone's got to go. And that's, but that's also another. <laughs> he's out. He's out. Shut up. Taking a hammer to the studio. (laughs) Another thing that's great about this is that it's like the full, um, it's the full story of a romance in a way that she never really gets. So like in in Parent Trap, you have a romance that already existed. Like you have all these romances that are pre-existing romances and like it's complicated in this and the holiday like doesn't real like the holiday It ends with them kind of getting together for the first time. Yeah, but it's like this is a romance from start to finish in a way that she'd never really done before. And the fact that the second hour of the movie is them processing the one week. Yeah. That it really is just them the going, like, right. ever have that chance. Yeah. It's right. true. It's true. Because they have one in super intense week. Right. They have, like, the best sex of their lives. Right. Basically. I guess I do like sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, that scene is also so fucking hot. It's like, hot. Just in terms of... hot. Him cutting off the turtleneck is really hot. I, the and first time I was watching it, I was like, this is a lot broader. Oh, right. We're forgetting the nudity. We're forgetting that. Oh, the nudity. Oh, that's right. the that crucial happens, icebreaker. Because that's when they right. sort of start bonding is them trying to make jokes about it. Right. And I always found it kind of offensive that this movie got a PG-13 because the implication always seemed to be like, well, no one would find that sexy. It's shadowy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very brief. That's why. But You're allowed you there's to do an brief element of like, non-sexual nudity. But don't you think there's the and element of like... Fucks. And two I'm saying she's dancing around that R line. Non-sexual fuck. Yes. She's yes. dancing, but she's also Nansen. She, she is Nansen. Uh, I just like, I forgot. I mean, of course I remembered the, uh, you know, oh, right. ah, like the covering their Which eyes. Which Billy Crystal the parodied at the Oscars. Right, right, right. It, but, showing us more than we ever want to see. <laughs> very true. Yeah. But that is, I forgot that the, then 
uh, he's like, I didn't see anything, just your tits, which I think is a really funny line. Like, it's good. Uh, yeah. I, I, Nancy is a little dirtier than you remember anytime you watch these movies. Yeah. Like, and it's it's one of her best qualities. Like, she's you know, when her characters actually have sex. The way the people talk about sex is really honest. Yeah, and the way that's kind of surprising for these types of films. Um, the, and right, so then they have the icebreaker joke around the nudity. They go shopping. They start finding more and more of their mm-hmm. connections. And then she kisses him, right? And they have this amazing sex, which Keanu had told him he could only have sex after he is able to they climb take the stairs. blood pressure, right? There's that it's, shot of the uh, yeah. the blood pressure monitor and then, flying and again, through the air. And in another movie, that would have been, you know, eighty minutes in when yes. he finally yes. can climb right. the stairs. Right. That yeah. would this have been forty minutes in. Denouement. This yeah. would be a comedy of manners that ends with them getting together there and right. happy. happy ending. Um, but I think the, a thing she's really fucking good at is getting what the, like actual exciting. Uh, intimacy of these situations is the feeling comfortable enough to do things you haven't felt comfortable enough to do around other people more than the sex itself. The things like the loss of the turtleneck, which is very, very like underlined, highlighted in bold with the scissors and everything, but the blood pressure and all that, that they're Mm -hmm. both like owning who they are. Yeah. And I think like, you know, Nora Nora Ephron wrote the famous, like, "I, I hate my neck thing. And I think that became the sort of calling card for, like, women of a certain age, that becomes a big point of insecurity for them. Like, they feel like they see the aging on their neck and their hands, and those are two things they try to hide. Mm -hmm. And Nancy always wears fucking turtlenecks, and it just feels like a very honest thing to be like, this is the thing she never would feel comfortable uh, showing even to her sister and her daughter. And then then for the rest of the movie, she's wearing V-necks. Her her neck is always on display. There's a transformation. And it's one of those subtle storytelling things where every scene, when you establish her in a new outfit, it has an emotional ping to it because you're like, she's still showing her neck. And I think that's one of the reasons that this movie was a slow burn for me, Mm -hmm. not only because I saw it when I was a a teenager Mm -hmm. and I didn't really care about appreciating that it. was my thing why and do i care I about ritual it, yeah and i watched yeah. it again as an adult and i was like why did i not give this the time of day because i always wrote it off yeah um and it and i st- it, it has aged so much better than it's complicated mm-hmm. and i don't want to keep harping on it's complicated <laughs> but specifically because i recently watched both of them yes it's just like this movie this is everything and and when people not to offend anyone in the room but it's like when people place it's complicated over something's got to give i just want to scream at them like watch it again like you're you're not really paying attention to something's got to give or you're misremembering the alec baldwin is like one tenth of right. nicholson yeah. like right. i mean that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing i mean it's it. complicated feels like the sketch comedy version of this it mm-hmm. has the moments of pathos but it the thing that's surprising is just how fucking deep diane keat goes into this mm-hmm. thing right you know and with keat with nicholson it there was more to lose in him examining his own persona in this way. Mm-hmm. Because Baldwin at that point, doing it complicated, like, it's complicated, had just become, oh, he used to be hot, now he's fat, and he does comedies. Right. It, it's not sort of like cutting in the same sort of way. And her crying after they have sex, I mean, all that kind of stuff is just like, fuck. Like, this feels extreme. <laughs> watching this in a movie feels like watching, like, a brutal fight scene or something. Like, you don't see things that feel this kind of visceral and messy. So after they bone... Yes. They take a one-way take bone town. Okay. Uh, they part ways, basically, mm-hmm. right? He gets he's to go better. home. He can leave. Right, because he can walk up the stairs. Well, mm-hmm. they're gonna sleep in the same bed together, and right. she starts asking about the trip to Paris, and immediately the monogamous thing comes in and freaks him out. Mm-hmm. And he's although, like, although, I can't do this. She's like, right, you always send the girls home, and I'm home. 
So right. what do you do? Right. And then he comes back in and realizes like he's going to give it a shot. And for the first time ever, eight hours of sleep, baby. Yeah. It's nice. Right, because they, they both only sleep four hours. And when, yeah. they mention, and when they mention Paris, it's done still sort of platonically. It's like, oh, right. we should right. just go right. and celebrate our birthdays Her favorite together. restaurant, yeah. best yeah. roast chicken. Yeah, the best guy. roast chicken. <laughs> so like, okay, Nancy, the like best roast When they go into the fridge chicken. and it's like, yeah. well, we have leftover caco van we can, and I can make pancakes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and he, and <laughs> his choice is pancakes. Yes. He wants pancakes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so he goes off and uh, Amanda Pete has a goddamn meltdown because her dad is marrying someone mm-hmm. that's like her age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, Mom, can you please drive three hours into the city right. in the middle of traffic? I think the Pete character is fine in the first part of this movie. Mm-hmm. I she she's a little tougher to take in, in this chunk, mm-hmm. you know, because it just she seems like she should be a little more like should be a little girl prepared be a, for this. Uh, high schooler. Sure. Yeah. But in but she's very quickly supportive of the relationship. Like she doesn't she doesn't act yeah, as she's a roadblock. Into it. Right. Yeah. Had had she acted as a roadblock, it would have been more frustrating. If if she had gone full, it's complicated. I think it, it would have been it would have been tougher to like her. In uh, this. Right. I mean, yes. There's more grace in this to her versus like the Lake Bell character, which obviously mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that she's also a daughter in addition to being the romantic rival to some extent. No, I'm, I'm, uh, but but in, earlier in this, you forget that Pete calls, says she's met another guy, comes mm-hmm. up, tries to break up with Nicholson, and realizes that he dumped her first. Right. 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 Oh yeah, I love that. And they start. That's when she says to Keaton, like. What about the two of you together? And, she's, and she makes it clear, like, we never had sex. Right. Right. Yeah. That's in the, is that in the grocery store? Yes. Okay. And Keanu's been hovering all this time. They have their first Keanu's date before hovering, they Because when he meets Erica, he's like, I'm such a fan. Yeah. I've read all your plays. I think I've seen them all. Do you kind of wonder, let's just speculate about this mm-hmm. universe. Do you think that, um, the SGGU? Erica, that Erica would have agreed to start dating this younger doctor had she not met Jack Nicholson. No, right? Isn't that no. sort of the implication here? It's like, no way. The he, turtleneck he, would have still yes, been on. He opened yeah. up her life in, in more ways than one. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, and he's making such a pervasive argument for like, why not have fun? Mm-hmm. Right. That I think she, because she's so resistant to Keanu, even when this guy's got everything going for him and is a fan of her work and all of that, because it's just like, I don't want to be the fucking person who dates younger people. Yeah, and she's it's just ridiculous. She just thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, right. it would just be ridiculous for her to do that. <laughs> right. And also, there's that thing right at the start where she's like, I'm working on my new play. And they're like, what's it about? And she's like, oh, this, like, completely uptight, annoying, divorced woman. But she's fun. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, is she? And she's yeah. like, well, I'm trying to figure that out, right? Like, And right. then Nicholson helps her figure that out. Yeah. I also love, I've always wanted to write a, a, a play that ends in Paris, <laughs> which is more like, do you see what I'm doing? Is yeah. she, like, a terrible playwright? I think so. When you see her play, it reminds me a lot of Emma Stone's one woman show in La La Land. <laughs> Where she's like got like a mirror and then she's like, hey, you know, multiple some symbols together. Multiple of, dancing Jack Nicholson's. That's one of my one of my questions in my notes is question, is her play good? <laughs> <laughs> I think at best, because they talk about her as like she's such a the, the greatest female playwright mm-hmm. since yeah. fucking uh, they, I forget what name they dropped. Right, like, but, I'm trying know. to even think who she sort of presented Neil as being Simon? the equivalent. Yeah. It's thing. like a Neil Simon thing. You know? uh-huh. Because the way that like Keanu talks about her, you're like, oh, is she like Wendy Wasser scene? And then you see her play and look, this looks really borshy. Right, like, she's broad. <laughs> yeah. Like she she writes plays for people to go like, oh, oh right. like that. Old Jew comedies. Yeah. And, and uh, I say with complete kindness, no, no, it, Ben. She is like a female Neil Simon is my Jew best comedies. read on the situation. 
And but I, the the play thing is another way that I think you get. I hate to be going back to this, but like another window into Nancy that you don't get in in her other movies, where she's specifically talking about herself. And, right, and this is a creative art. person. Yeah, yeah and yeah, she yeah. says it's when they talk about Paris and how unbelievable it is. It's, um, and she says something like, "If if I don't give it to the audience, if I don't give them this fantasy, then who will?" And it's yeah. sort of like that's really how Nancy sees that's herself. Her mission statement. And so it's sort of it it gives credence to. I mean, I don't know to the the. It gives a new level to her, or it gives context to her perfectionism in that, like, yeah. she's not doing it for her. She's doing it because she feels like she has to. Like, she's doing this thing that the public deserves because they're not getting it anywhere else. It's the right. same thing that, like, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel does. Like, it has, like, the Ray Fiennes character explain to the audience why Wes Anderson is so fussy about mm-hmm. these things because sure. he's trying to, like, recreate a world yeah. that he misses. And she wants to, like, create a fantasy that people can escape to. And part of that's the apartment porn and the outfits yeah. and the gauziness. I mean, the thing I was going to say, the, the connection to the national treasure thing, is I was watching one of these video interviews. That GQ's been doing the things where they have the actor, like, go over all their sure. roles, which I, those videos are really fucking enjoyable. Kind of, it's, that's Conde Nast, essentially. They have yes. that, like, studio where they do all this stuff. Because they've also, like, the reaching into the box that Vanity Fair has. Right. And, uh, where you like look up Google terms, yeah. all those things. But this yes. one is just specifically breaks down their most iconic yes. roles. And the Nicolas Cage one is incredible. It's if you're a fan good. like me, he's really sort of sober and wise about the history of his work and saying what he likes and what he was trying to do and all of this. But he talks about the National Treasure movies and he says, none of us thought that was going to be a hit. It looked really embarrassing. The thing that, the moment where I thought it might work was John Voight came up to me on set and he says, this turtle top guy is good. And he was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, and he, John Voight said to him, no, the thing you don't understand is he's making a souffle. It seems really light and airy, but if he gets one element wrong, the whole thing's going to deflate. Right. And movies like that, the people are like, yeah, it's like dumb fun. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be dumb fun versus this movie sucks and it's boring and I don't want to watch it. Or the logic makes so little sense that I check out. And I feel like Nancy is like a souffle filmmaker where there's like a lot of care and artistry into trying to make this thing that's like feather light where it's like rich people like having blown up drama around tiny problems in lives that feel perfect, feel enjoyable without becoming like irritating or meandering, you know? Yeah. Especially because her films do have these like 17-act structures. Um, that is sort of like the artistry of what she does. And it makes sense that she's that obsessed about like – I mean we found it in the It's Complicated episode that she made like Steve Martin do like 10 makeup tests. It's like, that's what they do with, like, Killer Croc and Suicide Squad. <laughs> and she was like, no, the foundation isn't right. And it's like, it's Steve Martin. He looks the same in every movie. But she True. just has this notion of the world that she wants to create. And the weird thing with this movie is it's like, Diane Keaton is trying to make a Nancy Myers movie out mm-hmm. of her life. But she's trying to make, like, the Nancy Myers Charles Shire movie. Yeah. And what she's living is a lot messier. It's complicated. And this is Nancy, like, separating herself from the Shire filmography and being like, I'm going to go deeper. Like, it's still going to have this veneer and this sheen and this intoxicating world and the movie stars and all of that. But I'm going to do the scenes that everyone else cuts out. And I'm going to have it take place at different points. And I'm going to show an hour of them thinking about that week. I love that half the movie is is an hour of I them do thinking too. about the week. Pretty much. That's the thing that really sells me on this movie. To so move, it makes it special. Move us no along. movies like this. Yeah. She... She goes to New York to see Cadiz Strickland. Right. Whatever. That's irrelevant. It's real. That's just a device for her to see Nicholson 
on a date. Well, because at this point, yeah, Nicholson went back and yeah. he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Look, I got to go on with my life." And, and we knew there was do. no hope between her and the divorce you. and the and the and the ex husband. Right. Like, that oh, there yeah. was never a possibility. Yeah, no, 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 that doesn't yeah. seem like right. an open door. Yeah. But because she's in this restaurant meeting the husband's new beau, yeah, the ex, yeah, she sees Nicholson with a short-haired woman, yes, a Marley Shelton type, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh, and. Uh, is, she loses. is mortified. She falls yes. apart. She, I think she doesn't realize how emotionally attached she was until she sees him in this situation. Right. And so she sort of drags him out of there and yells at him on the street for 10 minutes. Like a full mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, There's like 14 different lines in that in that scene. Yes. Like Nancy sort of like haymakers. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. Oh. Ding dong. Ding dong. Wow. That ding bell's ringing a lot. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding okay. Okay. Get the bell. Someone's, I mean, get the door. Ah. God, his hands are in his pockets. How is he ringing the doorbell? Oh, no. I know who this is. He's, he's back. Oh, you know, do you? Old Jackie himself. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Oh, boy. What are you doing here? We're just talking about you, Jack. I'm out of my brand name erectile dysfunction pills. Oh, well, in the film, in fact, uh, it's a, a bit of a plot point, your, and, your, your fondness for those. And they made me use my real supply in production. So oh, I ran sad. out. It's been 17 years and I haven't had any more. Well, sexual performance issues are more common than you might think, Jack. It's actually, know. 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. Yeah, or guys over 82. Um, uh, 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Even the world's greatest actor can't fake one. Yeah, and I've won three, count on my three Oscars. All right, so Jack, you can head on over to 4 That's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Uh, they connect you with real doctors and medical-grade sol- solutions to treat ED with well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. Yeah, that's what I said I wanted. Well, one ED pill starting with a V. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be a little uh, coy here. Uh, yeah, just came off patent yep. on December 11th. That's a game changer. Yes. So now there's no waiting room. There's no awkward in person doctor visits. For uh, you know, I mean, you might want to see Dr. Keanu Reeves just just to say hi. But uh, well, he's kind of the human Viagra. But I'll say. <laughs> But I mean, you can been, save hours going to forhims.com. Well, and I've also been looking for this cost cut because, you know, I haven't been in a movie since How Do You Know? That's true. Well, you, you did get a lot. You blew all your How Do You Know money already, Jack? Almost $15 million. <laughs> well, uh, the forhims products are shipped directly to your door, and uh, it it's uh, very easy. So say hello to your little friend. I will. Hello. <laughs> I got one last question. Sure. Why is it so dark in here? Oh, I'm wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> Try Hims for a month today for just $5. We'll get you started for just 5 bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. This will cost you hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So just go to 4 slash blank. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash blank. 4 slash blank. Promo code dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Or blank. Or work. the promo code. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we'll rub right. another man's rhubarb. Okay. Get your hands off your Jack, rhubarb. you're my number one guy. <laughs> Can you just read, uh, Jack, that last copy point for me? The last copy point? <laughs> yeah. Hard made easy. Say hello to your little friend. Is it another one? Go to hymns.com slash blank. Can we take That's, it, like, again? Take it slow and low. Go to hymns.com slash blank. 
That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash blank. Farhims dot com slash blank. Great job. Thank you. See you later, Jack. Bye, I'm sure we Jack. will. Sorry about that, Bobby. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. All Someone, right. Someone's got a gift. Um, so, yeah, they he leaves her outside the restaurant. Uh-huh. Or she leaves him she outside leaves him. the restaurant. She gets in a cab. And that's been parked next yes. to him the whole time. She just gets in it. Classic movie. And then he thinks he's having another heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when Rachel Tocotin comes in. Yeah, Dr. Rachel Tocotin. Absolutely. Just, just takes the movie, just suplexes it. It's yeah. just incredible. Yeah, she gets buckets. Just runs with this movie. Her scene is really good. Yeah. Uh, when she says, well, while I found your diagnosis interesting. Right. She essentially is like, will you? Fucking calm down. Yeah. Like, you're you so doing? stressed out. With the hip and the hop. <laughs> Why are you going on dates? You had a heart attack, you maniac. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's also the scene where she says, like, it was a week ago. And you realize it was a week ago. It was ago. a week ago. <laughs> right. And he's already dressed up like he like some mobster, you know, getting his pasta primavera. <laughs> and like, she's like, why aren't you in a like a sofa right. watching he, movies? He, he looks like a Dick Tracy yeah, villain. Like, Go turn on TCM, <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> Meanwhile, Diane Keaton's like, I took off my turtlenecks for this. And then now she can't stop writing and can't yes. stop. And then we crying. have the crying montage. Right. The crying montage is so funny it's, yeah. and it, it's so good it, should, it shouldn't work it shouldn't work it goes it on so work. long and, the, and that's the reason it works right. it's just so long it's like the peeing gag in Austin Powers it's so it's like, funny and yeah. she really does like she does so many different types of cries it really is like it's a real showcase it's but great if yeah. you have the read in this movie that this has all been in Nicholson's head after he has a heart attack and like it seems like he's spiritually healed but then he like goes off yeah. and then like it hasn't worked and then the angel is so upset that there's this like cosmic <laughs> crack <laughs> right like she goes back to her weird little like way station but right. all she could do is cry right like Clarabelle can't get its wings <laughs> <but> like... <laughs> and then yeah she writes a play about uh, what a jerky is and Keanu thinks it's the best thing she's written because 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 uh, uh, Fra- he wants to Fra- sleep with her oh, Franny yeah. McDormand sees him picking out an apple at the old fruit stand and brings him over. Uh-huh. Gives it a second shot. I forgot about that. Right. He brings the flowers. This is so fucking charming when he says, like, He's, when she brings for you him to in. give to me when I forgive you. <sighs> and I'm like, just fuck me. Keanu, fuck me. Enter, <laughs> come Keanu. into my home. Take me any way you Outrageous. want. Outrageous. You own my body, Keanu. The only thing let that me, you would I, be worried about is, hair. like, you seem like you might be a spy or something. You're too perfect. Like, right. if I sleep mm. with you, do you, like, somehow, like, is this compromise? Is this like, his character from The Watcher? Or, like, <laughs> Is this some sort of like bait and switch? Oh uh, um, boy. But so charming. Now he's reading the play. He's loving it. They're kind of hitting it off. I like the butts. You got this scene with butts. Bobby, do you have a thought? I was uh, like, you're, you're, no, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm processing something. I'm trying to think of something. But no, no, keep going. Something's keep going. bubbling away. Something's bubbling. I mean, but then we it's get, like, oh, we don't need to talk about the, this. The, the last scene before the six months later is their big fight in the, um, you know, on the, on the stage mm-hmm. with the butts. With the butts. Right. Where she's like, I'm trying to decide whether or not to kill your character. Yes. And he's like, well, fuck you. I mean, he doesn't say Right. That. And does he literally, he literally just like walks past the theater and sees the posters and everything, right? Because yeah. then he just yeah. walks well, in. He, no, he does that. That's no, later. That's, that's later when, he goes when the, the play is actually. Right. Right. Okay. And I watched this with Joey Sims, uh, Past and Future Guys. Humble brand. And he works in theater. And I was like, 
you can't just like do that, right? You can't just like walk yeah. up to a show after an hour, right. like, and just open the door. He was like, no, no. Otherwise, <laughs> that's how everyone would see like Hamilton and stuff, right? Just go, just wait five minutes. Don't buy a ticket. Right. Stand in the back. Yeah, it's literally the major conflict of Spider-Man Two. <laughs> right, of course. is that you can't enter a Broadway show <laughs> after it started. But Spider-Man Two comes a year after, so to correct it, right, that's film. true. Right. That's true. And do you know think, what? Maybe you can walk into a play. Musicals, think, no. But do you a think play? Sam Raimi like walked into like Alvin Sargent's office and was like? We got to throw out everything we have so far. I just got out of something's got to give and we need to offer a corrective. Oh boy. Um, right. He also so in six months the later the first time he just goes to see her. He, he just hears about the play. Her. I don't know. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. What, what, what does call What does, what does like, matter? I don't that? even remember her asking Keanu out on a date that she then stands him up on. Like when you cut to Keanu, with oh, the yeah. restaurant, oh, right. I'm like, I don't know that did they make plans. Like, I don't think that's ever established. It, yeah. I think it's yeah. just, we're You're only supposed to know together. it because yeah, yeah. he's sitting alone. You yeah. never see the date get scheduled. And then he orders a martini, and then she gets a martini. Okay. She has that line at the dinner where she goes, it's, you forget how quickly these just slip down, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Um, yeah. Uh, so now he sees the play. Uh, it's about me. No, it's someone like you. And then it's like literally everything's being recreated, right. restaged around him. And no one knows that it's him. Because when he goes and visits Amanda Pete and the new boyfriend. That's six months later. That's six so months we, later. So we okay. might as well. Yeah, we get a six months later cut. It's snowing. Yeah. Jack Nicholson has a beard. He has one of the. To show that the time has beard passed. I've ever seen. And, and also. It I, literally looks like a stage beard. I like, will say. It's with like, like, it's like glue. bad glue. It's right. one bad of, glue. I think it's one of the best fake beards I've ever seen. You like really? this beard? I'll tell you why. Because fake beards are so bad that they always look bad. And this one at least has a little bit of character to it. <laughs> This beard sucks. Fake beards are so bad. They never look good on anyone. They never pass. But what about the good beards that we don't know about? Like the we just assume are real. Like, are, do they exist? I challenge you to find one. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, he's got a ridiculous beard. Yes. Amanda Pete is, you know, has been in a loving relationship for years somehow. What? Right. This is the clearest argument for my theory. Right. This because Amanda no Pete seems to have lived a life in or these six Or my theory months. that she's the doctor because she, in the six months in between, has met a man, married him, and is now three months pregnant. I think the only reason for this is because Nancy had a final line in mind and she needed to work her way into that final line, which is right. like yeah. four and a half or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Like, she wanted to end with the baby <laughs> and the only way she could end with the baby is to have Amanda Pete suddenly meet a guy and explain it away by saying like I, I live in Manhattan she, I meet a million people a day she sure. called up Amy like, Pascal and she was like I got a three point joke from mid court <laughs> if you green light it I'll figure out the rest of the movie <laughs> it's Nicholson Keaton Pete a baby and a man <laughs> and they go four and a half and she's like yeah done hundred million dollars come back when you got a script ridiculous and she wrote it in a weekend she wrote it in a weekend she wrote it in a weekend she wrote crying it weekend. the whole time crying yeah. the whole time right looking out at uh, the, the sound yeah, one hand was typing the other hand was cutting up turtlenecks with gold scissors um <laughs> yeah so he first surprises I guess he sees the play mm -hmm. from the back you know, the like guy sneaks in and he kind of like smiles smiles he's he like likes it. I, I sure fucked her. He's over. embarrassing. Yeah. He's embarrassed, but he but he gets it. Yeah. Then he goes to see Pete, and Pete's like, "Oh me? Who me? Like here's my <laughs> husband. Like and here's my bump." Yeah. Uh, and then and, and he's the most domestic man in the history. Right. Exactly. Of like I just I just literally pulled at the wallpaper, and this guy came out of it. Yeah. yeah. And then. Nicholson My name is Mr. Stable Good Person. <laughs> which is yeah, but which is Nancy saying, Hallie, this is the sort of man I want you to end <laughs> right, up right. with. Hallie is a nice go doctor. On a date yeah. with Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, 
You got to marry this Nick's librarian or something, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and he makes the very sound decision to fly to Paris and oh. go to this restaurant that she said she liked one time. Right. Was that shot in Paris? Do we think? Was no, it? no, because no. yeah. the shot when he steps not. out and the Eiffel Tower is behind him is one of the ones that looks like Ratatouille. <laughs> The music also sounds like it Ratatouille. It looks as good as Ratatouille. Right. Yes. Hans Zimmer uh, again. Nancy's yeah. reliable Sweeping composer. score. And I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is the movie, speaking of the score, this is where her like, you know, her like delicate like Spanish guitar comes in for the first <laughs> oh, yeah. time. Like this is this is where it begins. Everything about all of those specific aesthetics begins here. It's like the, the music in the waiting room of your massage parlor. Yeah. It's like that's that's the score of her film. She hands those CDs. She goes to the receptionist and goes, can you give me the name of the track? Sends it to Hans Zimmer and says, replicate this for 90 minutes. I also I'm I'm sorry to to go back on this, but I'm I'm thinking about what you said again oh, about the, the perfectionist stuff. Mm-hmm. And it and there was an interview I read with her. I think it was the one that was in New York Magazine, and someone asked her about it was for the you know the intern, mm-hmm. the, the, the the famed intern promo cycle. <laughs> and she, someone asked her about you know like her aesthetic and her aesthetic and her houses and the houses and the houses. Mm-hmm. And she is a little annoyed by the question. And this happened a few times during that promo cycle. And she was like, I don't know why people are asking me this suddenly. She's like. I like interior design. I like houses. I keep a Pinterest board. And she's just like, sure. that's not, it just seems so obvious to her. It's like, why wouldn't I have a beautiful house? Like, right. why wouldn't I make the most of this and make everything look good? The other thing I remember her saying in that press tour just came back It's a little me. absurd of her to do that. It's a little absurd. She made a whole movie she, about a kitchen. She, right. gets, she, gets, she gets over it by the end of that. Right. Like, by the end of that cycle, she's used to it. Right. Yes. But I think, again, it was suddenly people cared about her and people were asking and about the thing. And we're analyzing they, her work they as whispered like whispered about right, it, but they never no approached yeah, her about it. Right. They were putting all the films together as mm-hmm. like a body. Um, the the other thing I remember her saying in that press cycle was uh, uh, someone once again said like why are you so meticulous about all these details and she said I think a which sweater a character wears can say as much if you choose it correctly as any other element of a film and people think I get caught up in these superficial details but they do inform character and it's like that's those are the colors on her palette like that's how she knows how to characterize. (laughs) You know, and like, She's like I'm a words. director. Right. But, yeah. And I'll say like, you know, Romley, uh, you know, doing these kitchen corners, like for someone like my sister who understands kitchen layout and the actual sure. like uh, um, the appliances, the appliances in there, like they all check out. In terms of like, yeah, that is the exact kitchen right. that She's person never would like, have. Yeah. Oh, this kitchen makes no sense in terms of like where everything is. Like, right. yeah, right. This is totally the clothing, designed by production the designer. The houses, all that stuff. Right. It's just like you do get a sense of a world entering her movies that is fully realized. Um, and they're Paris. all unique. All unique. They really are all unique. Yeah. So he's in Paris. And he shows up at the restaurant. And she's just so like loose and happy now. You know what yeah. I mean? She's so chill. She's so and I and I do love that she's so chill, even though Keanu's secretly like in another room, like in the bathroom <laughs> right, or something, right, right, polishing right. his engagement. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Keanu is playing a very strange person in this movie because mm-hmm. when he comes back, yeah, he's like rather than be like anyway, stay, nice to see you. Stay. He stays with them and then takes out the engagement ring. Like I know he doesn't open it, but he like takes out the box. Mm-hmm. So if your read is that. Nicholson is dead and yes. Keaton is an angel. <laughs> yes. My read is that Keanu is an alien in this film. Well, right. Because he's Ke- like a star man. 
I like having Nicholson, sex with you. Nicholson has like because Keanu is also an angel, obviously, right? Yeah. And Nicholson has like broken well, something, and now right. the angels are like getting together, like yeah. rather than just helping the dead, like through their. Maybe Keanu never has never left the Hamptons. You know, like Keanu went to like Hamptons <laughs> Medical School, like just like Hamptons everything. It really does feel that way, yeah, right? He like, was born in Sag Harbor, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe he took a few trips into the city to see one of her plays. His, that's yes. it. Yes, His favorite NBA team is the Hampton Seashells. <laughs> <laughs> That's my joke for the episode. Thank you very much. Uh, He's a strange guy, but I, but you, I, I you, you look past it because it's like I know I see what you're doing here, Nancy. Like I see yes. what you're doing with the younger guy, so I, I'm just going to choose to ignore everything that is like completely bizarre and unbelievable about this person. Uh, yes, yes, I agree with that. Um, he starts the big monologue on making amends with all the women in his life after Keanu comes back to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you, you cut back to— A lot to, of calls. Right. So what have you doing for the last six months? He sold everything. He gave it all up. He ditched Favreau and his his townhouse rap parties for uh, what, Aruba? Where is he going? Somewhere oh, Bahamas? Yeah. I don't remember. One of those. And he said he was there for five minutes and realized it was wrong. Which I love. I love that cut to him. Yeah. Where did they film that? I, that <laughs> see, the thing is, that shot looks like it was filmed. It was certainly on a beach. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. But I love, yeah, that cut to him where he's like, I'm not going to do this. He yeah. throws his, like, uh, you know, goes back home, away opens the drawer, finds all his little black books, and starts going back to, like, every woman he ever Right. This is the thing. Slept with. This yes. feels like, right. He's come out of heaven. Yeah. He's back. He's got a right? second chance. In real life. Yeah. Because that's the other read is that this is real Diane Keaton, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, but right, because like, right, he does have this weird AA kind of like, He's I need to amends. apologize right. for being such a creep. Yes. And there's that. You don't see anyone tell him that he's a creep. You just see a montage of someone silently telling him what a jerk he is while he like nods. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's not even that he goes to apologize for being a creep. He goes to find out how they think of him and then realizes how destructive he's been yeah. to all these people. It's like Which he doesn't bigger fantasy, have yeah. the self-awareness yet. He just knows he needs to do it to get, you know, clear the decks in his mind mm. and then starts taking account of how much damage he's caused to generations of women who then like in a very Nancy Myers touch, it's like I actually somehow was able to give them closure. Like at the end of the day, this was productive. It wasn't just a self-servicing thing for me to do to make myself feel better. Right. I helped them come to terms with these relationships. Right. I do like that you see like 22 year old women and you see women who are like 50. Like they pointedly put in a couple of women like with gray hair. He's had a while. Right. And it was this. like, okay, so that was like an early one where they were maybe only five years apart in age, <laughs> you know? Um, and now he realizes that he, yeah, he loves Erica. And then what, three months, three months go by? Well, well, first thing, you know, she got, she's got to let down Keanu down easy, mm-hmm. which again, Nancy doesn't show. Nancy doesn't show the tough well, stuff. See, that's yeah. why I think yeah. he gives that whole speech before Keanu comes back. Cause then he kind of says, I love you. And then right. Keanu shows up and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Keanu here? also just gets it where, where we sort of are supposed to, right. He just sort of sees what's going on and he gets it. Well, no, cause first he takes out the ring. He does take out the box, but then he's looking at them and right. he's sort of got this dawning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then Nicholson leaves and Diane comes after him. Chases him on the bridge. Right. On the fake bridge. Yeah. And then we cut to, right, I don't know, four and a half months later. I don't fucking know. Four and a half months later and it's the funniest joke of all time. Do you think it's the the, 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 the funniest joke of all time? Yeah, I think it's the number one funniest joke What about, time. I would have done it in July. It's number two. Oh, no, JD's envelope bit is number one. <laughs> then four and a half months later, uh-huh. then I would have done it in July. Um, yeah. Do, you, do we need that scene? 
No, I, I'm final, happy with like them. Like the dinner scene? Yeah, I'm happy with them in Paris kissing the end. I don't think we need it. I think Nancy needs it. Nancy I think needs Nancy it. has she you likes have to the end happy up, family. You have, you have to end a big yeah. family. You have to end up on like right. a family that has accepted this person. And there yeah. is something almost jarring about seeing Nicholson in that scene. Very weird. Where you're like, oh, I guess he just right. He just hangs like out in with a completely these guys. different right. style of suit. He's too. a like he, right, he bought right. a brand new wardrobe. It, it feels like Roger Rabbit. It's like people in cartoons interacting, like mm-hmm. him holding a baby and being <laughs> paternal towards it feels yeah. very odd within his star persona. Yeah, but I think a Nancy Myers, like Nancy Myers. You need the family approval for something. Like, had yes. the family not approved of, had Amanda Peet's character not approved of this relationship, it never would have happened. It as horny yeah. as she could have been for Jack Nicholson, like, it never would have would happened. Would not have been right. a happy ending. It, and yeah. so, I think that's just like a, a Nancy requirement. Oh, yeah, I agree. Now, this movie had a very weird box office performance because this was a crazy multiplier. Uh, it was a Christmas movie, so that's that's part of the reason mm-hmm. I think. Um, but it did open to sixteen million and finish at one twenty four, which is yeah. very good. Yeah. Obviously, uh, a very very good multiplier. Mm-hmm. Uh, December twelfth, two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Something had to give. Had to give. It opened number one. Mm-hmm. Sixteen million. Sixteen low one. This was a lot of times the weekend right before Christmas isn't that big because they're holding all the huge releases for Mm -hmm. the 25th. Well, Lord of the Rings Return of the King comes out the next week. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, But something's got to give makes 11 that week. You know, fairly. It just kept. uh, Yeah. Okay. So number one, someone's got to get. Number two is in uh, a period epic Hmm. uh, that I think was trying to be an Oscar player. It wasn't really got some nominations. But it's like a big period action epic with like a huge star. Is that Troy? Not Troy. Great guess. I that think was the that was a summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. But is it that kind of? Yeah. Not it, that old. Like not that far back. Sure. Not too many movies are set in. Oh, Greece. was it the picture Cold Mountain? No. Fuck. That did come out the next weekend. It comes out like Christmas Day. Right, 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 right. But is that closer? Sure, I, I, it's a period action epic with a big star. I saw it in theaters. Uh, it's bad. Interesting. Um, I love the actor, but it's bad. It's not one of his better performances. Probably one of his worst performances. Really? Two thousand three. Does he have to do an accent? No, no. <sighs> out of place. He's out of place. He's a fish out of water. Within the premise of the film, yeah. But is it? I was going to say Kingdom of Heaven, but that's not right. When did that oh, come out? Oh, oh, oh. When does that come out? I know what movie it is. Maybe it's Tom a, Cruise and The Last Samurai. The Last oh Samurai. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Ed Zwick, Ken Watanabe. A movie that had also... Timothy Spall. Underperformed opening weekend and then kind of multiplied pretty well. Yeah, it made 111. It was not a huge hit. It cost more than it made yeah. in domestically, but it did really well overseas. Like, mm-hmm. it was, you know, and it was Watanabe. a hit. Watanabe. Suck it! Launches Watanabe's American. What's number three? What's number three, yeah. you ask? What's number three? What's number three? Give me number three. What's number three? Big broad comedy, high concept, two big stars. How high? Pretty high. No, that was my guess. There's how one, high? No, it's not how high. <laughs> There's like one concept. There's one concept. It's like the concept movie. is like, what if two people were this? And then like, that's the movies just sort of like, that's what we had for you. That what was if our two idea. People were oh, this. I know what it is. It is stuck on you. Stuck on you. What if they were <laughs> the stuck. brothers? Stuck. What? It's a uh, Damon and Greg Kinnear and uh-huh. Meryl Streep and Cher. Yep. And like, isn't the premise of the movie just like, what if people were like conjoined twins? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're but like, then they fall in love. 
Right. There's something to do with like, what if they? It, it had something to do with the romance. It's like, what happens if they fall in love with the same person? Maybe uh, I feel like all those Farrelly Brothers movies, though, which is them walking in, they'd be like, "Get this, us, the Farrelly Brothers, masters of the gross out comedy, join twins." It's called Stuck on You. Do you know what their premise was? Because no. they announced this like right after something about Mary, and it was like, oh my God, what taboo aren't but they? But Shallow Hal is in between those two. But they wanted to make sure. this first. They couldn't make right. it forever. And their premise was get two radically different actors and stick them together. Oh. And so their pitch was it's Woody Allen and Leonardo DiCaprio and their conjoined twins. That's a terrible pitch. And then it kept on being like, oh, maybe it's going to be Steve Martin and James Vanderbeek right, or whatever right, it was. Right, and right. then it ended up being Kinnear and Damon, who are kind of similar. Martin and James Vanderbeek. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird because they're almost they're close enough in age where you're like, I guess I could see it. And they're, they're not drastic both enough. Kind of like dad handsome. Yeah. yeah. Floppy haircuts. Uh, do you know who loves that movie? Who? Uh, Academy Award nominee Jesse Eisenberg. Great. It's like uh, always He's vouching for uh, Stuck on You. Anyway. Number four is another new entry this week. So they opened three comedies in the same wow. week. Really dumb. This is like a teen comedy starring two musicians. Or what is well, love? Don't cost a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is Nick Cannon a musician first? He did. He dallied. He was a rapper, he right? Did, he did a little bit of everything. Christina Milian. Yeah, uh, that was Keenan's return to the big screen, and it was right when he had gotten yeah, back Kenan's on SNL. Keenan had sort of disappeared Cal for a couple Penn. years. Cal Penn wasn't that well. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. I know nothing. Has about a big movie. scene where he tells Nick Cannon how to fuck on a water bottle. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a Nemo joke in there. <laughs> Number somewhere. five is also a comedy. Oh, he goes flopping around on the land like Nemo. Actually, you know what? Almost what? every movie in this top ten is a comedy. Number Less five Samurai, is a comedy. Certainly, yeah, yeah, not Last Samurai. Um, okay, it's also a comedy. Uh, big Disney, uh, like big budget comedy with a big star. <laughs> that sucks. It's bad. O three Disney, yeah. but do I like it? Maybe you probably. Do. <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> Is it like is it like an effects driven comedy? Yes, it it's does. based on a ride. Oh, oh no, I mansion? don't like it. Yeah, correct. Okay, the haunted mansion. Can yeah, I, I mean you don't like it. I don't know, but you know I could. I've never I could seen see it. Oh, you yes. liking no, it. there's there's a <laughs> right. version of me that's pretty close to this version who has some dumb argument for why it's actually secretly subversive. <laughs> Can I tell the really embarrassing thing about haunted mansion? It better be quick. But it yes, is yes. Uh, I went to see that movie opening day with my friend out of school, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of something's got a gift, well, I guess it wasn't out yet. Yes, okay. right, yeah, yeah. No, no, that this was has been in weekend. theaters three weeks. Yeah, so. uh, and uh, I got a phone call, and it was my parents calling because it was my dad's uh, uh, birthday, sure. and I had forgotten to show up to dinner. So I only ever saw half of that movie before I had to run out. Oh no! But when I have to remember my dad's birthday, I look up what day <laughs> the haunted mansion came out. Because I know like when it vaguely is, but I'm always like, what's the exact date? And now you're never going to learn it because your brain knows that you'll always just look up Haunted Mansion. Thank you. I'm like, I know it's 25, 26, or 27. What was Mm -hmm. the day that Haunted Mansion came out? That's my father's birthday. So some other movies in the top 10 are Elf, Bad Santa, and The Cat in the Hat. But there's also a movie that I think Bobby and I both have a little bit of affection for, which is about a woman who teaches hip hop down at the center. It's a masterpiece. A, a movie that you have affection for? Yeah. I told you I trekked through a snowstorm to go see that movie opening night. <laughs> you I sound fucking like, love that movie. You sound like some dad from like the 30s. We, we used to have to walk 30 miles to see Honey in I theaters. Did. I love Honey. Don't fucking come out I here saying Bobby I don't like and I Honey. just tweeted at each other we about it. I didn't know you liked Honey. No, I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a big Honey person. Why did I say Because I remember I said like, I'm not a big Honey person. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then you responded with, I think, a quote from Honey that went over my head because, again, I'm not a Honey person. Wait, dude, what does Ridiculous. she do? She teaches hip hop down at the center. The center? It's like the funniest That's the line trailer. from the trailer. It's so the weird. Center. The center? Um, I owned a bootleg DVD of Honey because I couldn't wait for it to come out legally. And there was a 10-minute section where it just turned to black and white. <laughs> and my joke with my friends was always that, like, the guy got That's a little, like, creative right? yeah, yeah, yeah. in the mix. And he was like, I don't know, I think this scene would work better with, like, a starker contrast between the colors. Yeah. Did it work? Like, how did it How did it work? It played. It was, like, the big dance sequence in the middle was black and white. Yeah. It was, like, a Honey. Kill Bill thing. Honey. From the director the of Glitter. I think he went Billy on Woodruff. to make Glitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, who? No, the Glitter's, Glitter's before. Glitter's before. Yeah. Glitter was, like, the 9-11 movie, right? Didn't Glitter come out like nine, nine, ten? No, nine. Didn't Vondi Curtis Hall? Yeah, you're right. Vondi Curtis Hall made Glitter. Billy Woodruff did something. Billy Woodruff Woodruff did Beauty Shop, your favorite movie, which comes out after this. Billy Woodruff also did all the direct-to-video Honey sequels, of which there are four. Uh, He also did like 14 million music videos of the nineties. He was like just like a key key music. Yeah, you're right. Vondi Curtis Hall made Glitter. I take it back. September 21st, 2001. You're right though. He made he made Honey Two. He made Honey Three, Dare to Dance, and he made Honey Four, Rise Up and Dance, which is sort of a little too similar a title, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay. Rise up and dance. Rise up and dance. That that is a crazy uh crazy top ten though. I know. Weird. Couple Christmas. And then Lord of the Rings comes. Maybe it was people who were just. Afraid of Lord of the Rings. Like they were keeping yeah. the action movies away, except for The Last Samurai. That's sort of what I remember. But then there was like like the um uh Peter Pan, uh Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah. Uh there were like a lot of big Christmas Day releases. Yeah. Um this this was Cheaper by the Dozen did did really well, didn't really it? Really fucking well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause this was the, like this weird second wave of Steve Martin, that and bringing down the house. Which is the next year, right? Yeah. Was that two oh four? No, that was the year before. That's oh two. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That was 02. Oh, yeah. my God. Right. Yeah. Come on, Bob. Wow. You had me straight tripping. Boo. No, it's oh. 03. It's the same year. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That was a huge year for him. Because suddenly it was like, wait, is 68 year old Steve Martin one of the 10 hottest movie stars in Hollywood? And he was. He was. And I like loved him. And I was like, I guess I'm happy he's back. Like, I didn't I'm like the movie. back. He says yeah. that yeah. when he does And she by the dozen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She goes, We're not going to have any more kids, right? And he goes, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. All right, Bobby, you gotta go. I, I mean, yeah. Oh, you're doing okay. Right. I'm doing okay. We don't have to rush. No, yeah, we got it. Go. Ben's reminding you that you have to go. Oh, I've gotta go. I've gotta go. Um, Bobby, but are there gotta any? Go. I mean, it's I such gotta a be good in the movie. Hamptons in about thirty minutes, so I'm gonna yeah. hop in the car now and it see where it takes makes, me. This movie makes me very happy. It I laugh uproariously too. throughout it. I, really, like, there are so many scenes where I'm just like, I, ah, I can't believe it. I love it so much. I want to make a gif of you watching something's got to give on your laptop, laughing the same way that she's crying. Yes, that's what I'm like. And I, I, I also love this one. I love, I love that it's the two of them together. I can tell you so much of it. Yeah. Um, because her other movies, and and again, it's complicated. Meryl and Alec are not together much in that movie. No. Um, and especially not alone together. And this movie is Jack and Diane alone together for a, a lot of movie in a house on the beach and with it's the stones. Just great. Yeah. With the stones. The stones. Um, a silly device. Ben, did you watch this it. movie? No. Yeah. <laughs> we are recording a lot this week. Just wondering. I mean, we're recording a lot this week. Oh, no, it's you, fine. You don't have to watch all the movies. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> ben Spencer. Ben's back, baby. He's, he's, he's doing his back. own movie ben right now. Back. Yeah, yeah, I'm making yeah. my own movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he sure is. Do ben you is approve back. of Lucas Hedges playing you in the upcoming film, Ben is back? No, I want the laundry guy. Oh, okay, kill the laundry, laundry bag. Yeah. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Ben is back sort of turns into a like a heist movie by the end of it, right? 
Does it? Well, like uh, they have to go fi- get a dog back for a I, lot of the final half. I have of the not seen Bendis back yet. Oh. That sounds well, maybe you have insane. Uh, I'm going to see it soon, I think. I, for some reason, I have no interest in Bendis back. I think you're Except thinking Except for of, Julia. What do you think? I was going to make it. I was going to say, I think you're thinking of Bendis jumping back flash. <laughs> Bobby, thank you it's so much for being here. Yeah, the episode me. on the it was worst fun. joke ever I, made. It, it, it just is, feels weird. I'm listening yeah. to. I, I'm just like going over this episode <laughs> in my head, and like, was I just love this movie so much that I feel like maybe I wasn't. I feel like I wasn't funny. No, Bobby. But you know what I'm saying. Like, but and that's okay, not being that's funny because okay. yes. I, I, I I'm no comedian. But I'm just <laughs> sort of reevaluating. It's been a long time since I've had like a serious discussion about Nancy Myers, and it's like it's it's I I I take it so seriously. Yeah. And it's like such a, a a larger part of myself every time I like inter- like actually start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is this is much more special to me than I thought even yesterday or like the day before that. Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's nice to know. Yeah. And it's nice to know that that other people agree. Everyone that, loves her. That's a beautiful I know. way to end and, the You know, the last episode you were on too was Cloud Atlas, which you also like unabashedly yeah, love. I do really so, love that. I mean, nothing yeah. like this. No, I know. Um, but if you want to have, if Bobby want to come back for like, some movie you want to dump Gilla all Cuddy's over, episode. that's yeah, fine. Right, right. Yeah. Just let me just like peek in during Home Again and just like smile <laughs> and shut the door. <laughs> that movie is insane. I have Ghost not directed. seen it. You Wait, haven't, you seen, haven't it, huh? seen it? No. You think it's ghost directed? Like I think she on? was there. Like well, now knowing the iPad there. story, she was either either on yeah. an iPad or she is actually a very there. hands-on director and she did a lot of yeah. press for that movie and made it clear how much And that she movie was- has I'm excited to see what you think, hear what you think about um the the lighting in that movie. Uh, interesting. That is another yeah. movie I read the script for because I auditioned for every the- young role in that movie. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of boys. Yeah. One of the boys. Oh again, it's about what if boys were good? It, it is interesting. What if boys, what if having three three young men you've never met before in your live house, in your house and not be worried at all? you was fine, right? What, what if, if they were good? Yeah. It is interesting that movie. I keep on auditioning so many times for Myers movies <laughs> because it just has become so clear I do not fit into that universe at all. Like all parties are like, yeah, this wouldn't match, right? <laughs> Does he fit in the universe, David? Now that you're, you're the expert on the, the dream universe, he doesn't fit in it? You could get in there. You, get in there? you could sneak in there. You could. Uh, what's it? Nat Wolf. Who's the one in uh, Nat Home Wolf? Again? You John Nat Wolf. in there. Or Rinitsky, of course. And yeah. then um, who's the, uh, isn't there another wolf? Well, there's Alex Wolf. There's Alex. Who's wolf Dark Wolf? Because yeah. he's uh, he's yeah. hereditary. Hereditary and Patriots Day. He's so good in, <laughs> yeah. in both of those. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna remake the Wolfman with Nat Wolf. Yeah. Um, but it's like Nat Wolf turns into Alex Wolf. Right. That's the bit. Right? Yeah. That's fun. And it's the Wolfman with two Fs. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Bobby, who fingered? Who fingered? What? Jesus. <laughs> who Christ. weekly? I really fingered, fingered. that plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby, who weekly? Who weekly? Available to listen to. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was lovely. Thank you for being absolutely uh, lovely. We can't let it go I this, this long again so much. before uh, you're back on the show. It's thank so you. good. For it's coming. Thanks. Please come back. Yes. Thank you to Andrew Fergudo for her social media. Joe Bowen. Patrick Reynolds for our artwork, Lay Montgomery for our theme song. Go to T Public, buy some merch. Yeah. Go to Reddit, talk about some real nerdy shit. Sure. And as always, I expect Brandon Thwaites will be cast in National Treasure 3 in the next six months. <laughs>